When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, let's talk a little hockey here on a Friday in Jacksonville, Florida. Hope you're being safe out there, by the way. The weather is absolutely nuts in Jacksonville and Northeast Florida, so please be careful, drive carefully, and uh, heed all the warnings from our buddy Mike Burrish in the First Alert Weather Center at CBS 47 and Fox 30 and, of course, WOKV on the FM dial as well. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, and we've got another hockey game. Playoff beard's growing strong right now, <laughs> going strong, and it helped get a win last night for the Iceman here at the arena. So congratulations to the Iceman. They got a big win over the Everblades, and they'll do it again tonight. Game four with the series now 2-1 to one in favor of the Florida Everblades over the Jacksonville Iceman. Uh, a lot to get to. How about the fallout from Tom Coughlin and his remarks yesterday? They still exist. The NFLPA did not like that. We still haven't heard from Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. Not sure we will, but we still continue to predict how they might feel about a certain situation. Got a lot of responses on the Jag schedule. We'll share some of those. How many people think the Jaguars will do in 2019? And quite honestly, they were a little more optimistic than I thought they might be uh, coming off uh, last season. Do want to get to a couple of things we didn't dive into a lot yesterday from the state of the franchise. New stadium in Jacksonville. How much is it needed? When will we see it? Will we ever see it? And what does this franchise need to do to keep up with the arms race in professional sports and make this an attractive market, not only for the Jags, for free agents, but for big games that they've already had here, big events that they've already had here, and continue to try to be competitive with the Orlandos, Tampas, Atlantas, Miamis, Nashvilles of the world. Next week we'll go to the NFL draft. The Jacksonville wants the NFL draft here someday, but you have to continue to be up with the arms race that is big cities in America and especially NFL cities in sports. So we'll talk a little bit about that and... Uh, a little uh, footnote on that is the Gator Bowl and how that is changing hands to a degree with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we told you about a few weeks ago. So a lot to get to here on the show. But let's not bury the lead. When you see the video feed, come on Facebook and at Brent A.S. Jacks on Twitter and, uh, of course, on Twitch, ESPN 690 Jacks. And also on our YouTube channel, Action Sports Jacks, you'll notice that we are in our Iceman uniform. Yes, sir. We're in our 690 jerseys, ones with our names on the back, Martino and Lane. And uh, you had a special role last night. You got a job. I mean, how many different jobs do you want to do? But you got some rave reviews. The people here at the Iceman game last night, they were all over it. They were tweeting video out. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what can't Austin do? Is that a segment? Is that like Where's Waldo? <laughs> oh, what can't Austin do? I feel like that's going to lead to me getting hurt eventually. Uh, Brent, I, I want you to do me a favor, though. I want you to look at that ice right now. Look at those creases. Have you ever seen creases so spectacular your entire life? 
I had a, I had a play in that last night, and I'm glad to say that the, the creases have held up today, and they look absolutely in mint condition, gem mint condition, if you will. <laughs> the ice does look good. Yes, and, it does. Uh, you were a big part of that last night. Tell us a little <laughs> about what. Tell everybody what you did. If they missed it, uh, bottom line is, let me set it up a little for them. Okay. On Wednesday, oh, listen, Austin can skate. And so Coos and Austin went out and put a little resume tape together that we did. and tweeted it at the Iceman and caught their attention and said, hey, I want to be one of those net getter guys. What are they officially? John Phillips is, sponsors it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What, what do you actually call yourself? So I kind of messed that up a little bit. So I said I want to be a net getter. Well, it turns out, because it was my, under my assumption where if it's between intermission when the period's over, that your job would be to go get the nets off the ice so then the Zamboni can come out and clear the ice and everything and uh, make it fresh. Well, I didn't know that those people actually don't wear skates because they have to get in and get out. Uh, it was my job to de-ice the crease and make sure it was in prime condition. So when I got to the, you know, to the rink here at seven last night, um, I thought it was going to be kind of like an easy job. I go get the nets, get out, and hey thank you very much, I'll collect my paycheck of $0. But it ended up turning out where I had to help with the crease, and I had no idea how to do that. So I had a, I had a kid, um, I think he was like 16 or 17 years old, kind of tell me what to do. Um, I wasn't paying attention, apparently, because I messed up the first time, unfortunately. But, uh, but after that, um, it was okay. And thankfully, I didn't fall on my face, because that was another big thing I was worried about, was falling and embarrassing myself. But if that would have been the case, I guess I would have got some YouTube money off that. So it was, it was a win-win situation regardless. But, yeah, so I, I got to help with the creases. And then between intermission, Brent, you remember when we were here, we, we played that little game, a bad game, so I had to help out with that and set stuff up and make sure nobody got hurt. So overall, it was a pretty productive day, and most importantly, I, I got to skate a little bit with yeah, you, so did you, what I'm a fan did you of. Work, you were here all night working the game. Then. Yeah, yeah. It was like an well, entire night thing. It, it was an entire night thing, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, it, it was fun working it, but I had one of the best seats in the house, right over there in the corner, you know, right by the board. So I was banging on the glass a little bit. Might have been talking some smack to the, you know, Florida Everblades goalkeeper, maybe or maybe not. I mean, I think I think that since I was an employee of the Iceman, I probably couldn't do that, but I didn't let that stop me. So it was a it was a fun night. The atmosphere was great. I'm sure it's gonna be great tonight again. I mean, like I said before, playoff hockey, um, there's just something special about it. Yeah, absolutely. And and so after you did your resume skate. The mm-hmm. Iceman did catch wind of it. They had you out for the morning skate yesterday. <laughs> that was stressful. And then, yeah, you had to skate in front of the team. I mean, that, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a nice look. Listen, you talk about pro day. You talk about workout day uh, and a visit. That's, yeah. that's all of that and above. I mean, that's high-pressure stakes there. You showed off your good stuff, and Coach Jason Christie gave you the job right after. So nice job, man. By the I way, it. Um, there's a chance you get paid quicker or at least hired quicker yeah. than we did. It's <laughs> so, a good point. That's, that's a dang good point. Uh, it happened pretty fast yeah. uh, here for the Iceman. Yep. But uh, nonetheless, the Iceman will uh, be back in action tonight, so we'll be here celebrating them in the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job with the organization, so uh, the, there's a lot of folks that love it. Uh, yeah, we don't talk hockey day in, day out. Uh, we probably won't break this game down in the X's and O's of hockey. Thank goodness, because I don't know if I could do that very well. Uh, but... <laughs> I do think it's cool for the area, and there are a lot of folks that really love this Iceman team. Uh, we've been out here a bunch. They're fun f- people to be around. It's good to have hockey in Jacksonville, and it's good to be- see them successful, not just in the stands. They've had unbelievable crowds, really good crowds, and I expect a big one tonight, too, especially with the weather the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Now they're having success on the ice. So it's a big game tonight in the ECHL playoffs, and there's nothing better. You said it yesterday on any level than playoff hockey. So we will uh, certainly talk more about it as the uh, as the day goes along. We'll have Tate Casey on the show a little bit later on. We also bring in the brigade. We did that a couple weeks back, probably about more than a month ago now. But heading into the draft, on the heels of the schedule coming out, we like the Bold City Brigaders. Yeah, we do. And we give them a voice on the show from time to time. want to get their thoughts about what to do in the draft. I have one other thought right now before we uh, talk anything more about the show. How many times does this guy have to do a mic check? Yeah, uh, we're, on a, we're on probably like about a baker's dozen right now he's on. Baker's and, uh, dozen? Doesn't show signs of stopping. We're like around 100. I mean, it sounds fine, sir. You're doing a great job. The mic is Mike's awesome. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I, I seriously wonder, like, how, like he has tested out a lot, so there's going to be something to that. So I wonder what he doesn't like about it. I might have to go ask him during a break. Maybe he's just trying to mess up our job. Maybe he's trying to make our, our jobs harder. I don't think he has any idea we're here. Okay. I don't think he's, anybody knows you know that we're here. where he is? He's right down there. See him? Oh, where is he? See him way down the corner? Oh, kind of where you hung out yeah. I should, hold the, I should hold the whiteboard and uh, say something to him. <laughs> is that necessary? That's, that's going to be the first whiteboard of the day. <laughs> He's testing it out and uh, <laughs> making it happen. Uh, Coos, let's welcome you into the show. Happy Friday, Coos. Um, Coos, you're disappointed in yourself right now. Yeah, I'm pretty upset. Coos. <laughs> and we're disappointed here. in him for not being around. Did Coos just go to the bathroom? Who knows? No, you don't hear me? You guys kids, can't hear me? Uh, kid's always off the grid. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> you guys you guys can't hear <laughs> All right, me? Coos. Hopefully. <laughs> Had uh, your chance to shine, and uh, uh, here we are. He's probably trying. Now I'm disappointed in you, Coos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure he's celebrating from the 76ers winning last night. It's probably got something to do with it. Uh, oh, now we got now we you. can hear you. You can't hear me when I have How the mic doing, on, man? though? I guess you guys can't hear me with the mic on, because I've been talking the whole time. Oh, we couldn't hear oh. you. On, well, I think you finally hit a right button, nope. yep, because now we can hear you. No, no, I'm still talking. I have the mic on, but I'm talking in your headphones so you can hear me. Interesting. Huh. That is interesting. Are we on air? Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're on coming air for sure. Yeah. Loud and clear, okay. Um, well, I don't know how we can talk to you and communicate with you, but uh, did you tell everybody why you were disappointed in yourself? No, I didn't say why, but uh, there's definitely been some pizza consumption happening, and I'm not supposed to have pizza today, so. Yeah, you're not supposed to. This little diet you're on, which which you look fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Um, but, Coos, can you please tell them what the diet consists of on a Friday? Because it sounds more yeah. like a cult than actually a diet. <laughs> no, on Fridays, you like – so, like, most days, it's, like, egg whites. But on Friday, you switch to actual eggs, and then until dinner, you, you don't really have solid food. So it's, like, yogurt and uh, protein shakes. And so, you know, I'm going through it right now. Like, I, you know, I want, some, I want some solid food. And then, you know, corporate sends out an email that there is uh, pizza in the break room. I'm surprised they had pizza in the break room because didn't corporate also send out like, hey, everybody can go home at 3 o'clock. It's Easter weekend. I love when they send those out because it says non-essential personnel, and it just makes me feel so wanted. It does. <laughs> it does. I mean, what I wanted to know is what does it make everybody else feel like that does get to go home? Do you think they just say, like, ah, I don't care. I'm going home. I mean, probably. I would assume that's what they're doing, right? <laughs> I, I will say this, because I don't know if you walked downstairs today. It's empty. But that place was empty like a Sunday. Which is funny because like, the storms, to get out of the building, huh? But the storms I, are going on. You'd think everybody would be running around. Usually it's crazy when that's going on. Yeah, let us know, by the way. I mean, we are severely insulated. So let us know if there's anything <laughs> heading our way. Um, um, I think you guys might be all right. I, I have a feeling it's more towards, like, the beach area now. We kind of were getting hit by it a little bit earlier. 
Yeah, and if you want the weather alerts, of course, CBS 47, Fox 30, WOKV 104.5 FM uh, for that, just to uh, stay safe on your way home. Uh, weather's pretty nasty here on a Friday. And I tell you what, everybody says the weather guys, this, the weather guys nailed this one. They said it was going to rain from like 11 or midnight last night till about 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. just in time for me to sneak out, play nine holes this morning. If I wanted to play 18, I could have, but I had a meeting at 1130. Yeah. So Ty and I snuck out, played a little nine holes. It was fine. It was beautiful, and now here comes the weather. They were right on the money. So hey, if you're gonna criticize when they when you don't think they get it right, you gotta pat them on the back when they get it exactly right. Well, I'll tell you what, it's gonna take a little more than a few showers and an Easter weekend to stop ESPN 690 from bringing you the coverage. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Hey, let's talk some football. Let's get back into the Jags a little bit uh, on a couple fronts. How do you feel about a new stadium? Do they need one? How soon will they need one? And is it going to be a big time renovation? or an absolutely brand spanking new implode the old one and bring in a new one type of deal. Let's talk a little bit about it. Coming up next on ESPN 690, your call's welcome, 904-362-9901. Welcome back to ESPN 690. Uh, I have no idea what is happening right now. I'm going to set the scene a little bit for you guys. Uh, I go to the bathroom. Everything was set up fine. (laughs) I come out of the bathroom, and now we have headphones on the ground, my computer was disconnected. Uh, there's wires going everywhere. I have no idea if the twister came through here in the arena somehow. But uh, needless to say, it's just me right now on the microphone. Still waiting to see what Brent's doing here. I can't wait to get an explanation on it because I literally have no idea what is happening right now. I don't know well, if this again, is a question for you or maybe for Mike Burrish, but is there a difference between a tornado and a twister? Oh, that is a good question. I'm going to ask Brent quick. Brent, is there a difference between a twister and a tornado? Uh, no, I don't think so. Is is a twister? Is it a bunch of tornadoes, maybe? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think the twist, right. I think it's just a slang word for tornado. Gotcha. Um, I think I don't know that for sure. By the way, what I'm doing is can you explain what's happening here? <laughs> I'm out of breath. But see what happens. We run into this now a couple of times. See, I'm a TV guy at heart. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Initially. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing this video thing. Well, my TV brethren can't stand when we really make things look terrible on the video feed. I think it looks great. And I don't. You think that looks great? I don't think it's that bad. You have low expectations. That's my point. I guess so. I'm a TV guy. So the problem is when we have a great background right here. We're flipped around. We could have the ice right there. But we are in a place that has absolutely zero lights. So it's dark. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, if you if we turn the TV uh, the camera so you can see the ice, which is a nice shot if you're watching on the video feeds, yep. well, you won't see us very well. True. We're not well lit. Yeah. So what I was trying to do is see if we can go down. A, all we need to do is be about two feet over there. Okay. Which is about a five-foot drop. <laughs> so I'm going to try to figure this out during every break. Well, and we're going to get it so we can sit in the seats and you can have the ice behind us. Why don't we just stand? It wouldn't matter right now. Oh. I'm not, well, because we can't get that high. I can. Yeah, you might. Be you can. <laughs> Quit, so anyway, that's what's going on. We get Brenna Stool or something to stand on. Please. So if you look on Twitter right now, if you're watching on Twitter, you'll see this feed. But I promise you, people, in the next few minutes, next couple of segments, if you turn back later, you're going to see that ice. Brent, I am convinced you're going to get. See, it. I, I'm not upset with the shot because we have the ice right in the corner. We have me and you. It's almost like we're. 
calling a game right now. It is. <laughs> I appreciate the I appreciate the camera shot, honestly. It's not like the worst thing in the world, but I'm not satisfied. All right. So we can do better. Brent's a perfectionist. I have to respect it. We can do better. So anyway, thanks for bringing it back in. All right. Hey, you uh, beautiful arena right here, right? For the Iceman, uh, the Jacksonville Giants. We have concerts. We have all sorts of events here. You know what? The place across the street, TIAA Bank Field, which has been all sorts of places, Old Tell, Jacksonville Municipal, Jacksonville Municipal Stadium, Never Bank Field. Uh, the upgrades since 2012 have been fantastic. Uh, a building built when this franchise got here, uh, rebuilt 1994-ish. Listen, we live in a world, we saw the slide yesterday where Mark Lamping said, Everybody but the Buffalo Bills and the Jaguars have rebuilt their stadium or built a new stadium. And when I say rebuilt, like, I'm talking massive renovations. Mm-hmm. I think it was over $300 million worth was kind of the cutoff. And everybody in the NFL's done it. We've seen it in college football. Everybody's done it in college football. The arms race in sports is huge. It's a big thing because why? It doesn't only lure sporting events, but it lures other events to the city. It may, It's a landmark of sorts, your stadium, your building. It's important to uh, the success and dynamics of the downtown area. And from a college perspective, it lures recruits to come and play for you. I mean, I wouldn't say so much maybe for free agents, you know, trying to find a venue, but um, it might have something to do with it as well. Yeah, and know? think about this. In the last couple of years, we've been to Minnesota for the Super Bowl, and they just hosted the Final Four. In... Last year, we just went to, I think it was two years ago now, they hosted the national championship game in Atlanta at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They hosted the Super Bowl this past year. And next year, they're hosting the Final Four. Hmm. So these new stadiums, obviously, they lure the big events. We had heard for a long time that Jacksonville someday may be in play for one of the big college football playoff games. We have the ability to host it. Uh, more hotel rooms, more growth downtown, uh, stadium renovations will be a big part of that within the seating next however many I mean, 10 they, years. They had the seating already to host that so, as well. Yes, and obviously the Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida game is a big draw. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl is part of it. Uh, we've seen big events. The Rolling Stones are coming. Listen, I don't think there's a problem with the stadium right now. I think the stadium experience is good. I think they eventually will put some new seating there at TIAA Bank Field, but I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened yet. I thought they'd rip out the seats and put some in. Um, I know that's been talked about internally, but it just hasn't happened yet. But new video boards, the swimming pools, the club area is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to like about it, at least if you go to a game. There's a lot underneath the guts of that place that are like, okay, this is definitely 25 years old. You know, that there's part of it. And uh, from maybe the technology that's happened to the operational use, you know, we go to these stadiums, whether it's Indianapolis or, or any of these new stadiums, and you can drive Mack trucks underneath the stadium. The, the the underbelly of these stadiums are huge. Like, the TV com- compounds yeah. exist under there. If you have a big drop-off because of equipment, they all have you drive right into the stadium. When we go on the Jaguars buses mm-hmm. to the games, we almost... Every stadium we go to, we drive right underneath the stadium. And see, that's a perspective that I'm not used to. I mean, that's that's something that I wouldn't even bring to thought because I'm, you know, I'm used to just when I go to the stadiums. I mean, I'm going to be honest here. From from the standpoint of does it need to be rebuilt, does it need to be remodeled, I think Jacksonville is a great stadium. And I'm not sure if that's just, you know, biased talking, but 
I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums um, when I played, and Jacksonville stands out as one of the best ones I ever played in. And, and, and granted, it helps playing, you know, in a home locker room. That, that's going to swing the, a little bit as well. And if you look at, like, their locker room, their weight room, their training rooms, I mean, those are all state-of-the-art, and those are important when you're trying to bring guys in, when you're trying to bring free agents in uh, to sign. I mean, those things really stand out. From the stadium in general, though, uh, and it's like you said, I, I have no experience when it comes to – riding the bus in for media and things like that. But um, I'm not, I'm not too taken aback by what Jacksonville has to offer for a stadium right now. Um, Buffalo definitely needs to improve theirs because even when I played, uh, it was, it was kind of rough. And um, I can I only imagine it's been, it's been worse since I retired. But from my perspective, I don't, I don't think, I mean, as far as like a, like a complete tear down and build back up, no, I don't think that's necessary at all. Um, I think, you know, being in Florida has its benefits because that's kind of a draw as well. People want to come down to Florida during the games, um, especially teams playing from the north to the south. So, in my opinion, I don't think they, they really need to change that much, Brent. Yeah, well, and just you, by I'm, the way, I don't necessarily disagree with you right now. I think it's fine. I'm not saying this is an important thing to do right now. But Mark Lamping has planted the seed. He did it, I think, at a roundtable discussion a few weeks ago. And he said something yesterday that really resonates. And it resonates to fans sitting there for games. And it's because of the east side of the stadium how hot it is. And he said, we have to make our worst seats better. What does that mean? Put a canopy over there? Put mm-hmm. some kind of roof over there? Maybe. That might make those seats better. Those are the worst seats in the stadium because it's so hot on a September day. I mean, listen. It is. That's just you don't want to well, pay. You should, you should try playing in those days and see how it feels. Well, I get it, pads. but you're getting paid to play. You're not paying yeah, to I, sit. I got you. Okay, so, that's a good point. Uh, I, I think if you pay whatever it is in the club seats over there, a few hundred dollars a game to go sit and bake in the sun, it's not a great game experience to do that. Now, by the time October, or November rolls around, it might be absolutely gorgeous and it's a it's a beautiful time to be there. But those are real issues. Those are fan experience issues. Those are game experience issues. So. I think what Mark Lamping said, and then what Shad Khan and Mark Lamping later said outside the actual like uh, state of the franchise presentation, was, yeah, we probably have to start thinking about this down the road. We don't need it tomorrow, but we do need to start thinking about it. We always need to think about making our stadium better. But he even mentioned in Mayor Lenny Curry's next four years, discussions could already start to begin and take place at getting a stadium here in Jacksonville and a new one. And I think it's something that sounds great. I think it becomes a big, big issue because if you think about taxpayer dollars, if you think about the cost of new stadiums being built right now, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking over $2 billion to make state-of-the-art stadiums. Yeah. I mean, that's what's being done in L.A. I know it's L.A., but that's what just happened in Atlanta. I think that one was like $2.1 billion. Yeah. So it will take some of Shad Khan's money to do it. It'll probably take taxpayer money to do it. And... I think you're looking at in the next decade, do you see that happening or do you see a renovation that's really big like Miami just did? Miami just did like a three-phase renovation that took over, I think it took three years to do it, uh, maybe even a little bit more, and it looks like a new stadium, even though it's the original stadium. So my question to you is, with all these... With all these talks of updating the stadium, I mean, is this more for trying to get fans to come to the game? Is it more of just trying to get other events to, like, you know, like you mentioned, the college football playoffs? Um, you know, maybe more concerts to come there? Like, what's what's behind this? Like, why why are why is everybody pushing for that? I think it's all of it. I think, uh, first of all, you repaint your house and you put a new roof on your house because it's outdated. Uh, that's what you do. Okay. It comes to the time where you have to do it. Sure. And I, I think there's an element of that. And then you always weigh, okay, is it better to repair the roof 
and do something like this or just get a whole new one. And that's kind of what this is, but there is more to it. It's not because it just needs to be done. It's also it does bring in all those things. The bottom line is it might single-handedly be the most important thing that a team and franchise has right now is a state-of-the-art stadium. Mm, Think about it, I man. disagree, Brent. Think I, about I, it. I, I disagree completely. Think about the sites I just said. Okay, I'm Atlanta, thinking about them. Yeah. Minnesota. And, and you know what? I've, I haven't been to any of those sites. MetLife so. Stadium, New York. Yeah. Oh, I've been Arizona's to had one in, well, okay. somewhat recent years. Dallas. And maybe this is just from a player's perspective of, of places to play. Um, I think it might be a fan's perspective as well. In terms of the, the places that I enjoyed playing at, the places that I was in awe of when we, when we traveled there as the way team and I looked up and I saw the, you know, the, the stadium and I saw the fans, they were all stadiums that weren't really state-of-the-art per se. I mean, one of my favorite places to play was Pittsburgh. If you go to Pittsburgh Stadium, they don't have any bells and whistles. They don't really have any jumbo scoreboards or anything that's really going to knock your socks off. The thing with Pittsburgh that is so great is their culture, and the culture comes from winning. Now, yeah, they had a rough year last year, but the most important part, it's not the bells and whistles. It's not even the pools. It's not the dog parks. It's not the world's biggest scoreboard. Yeah, people, I mean, those are gimmicks, and people like to see that. But if you start winning games, you saw it happen uh, two years ago when we played the Bills in Jacksonville. People started to come to those games. If you start winning games... The rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I'm, but the, I'm convinced of yeah, that. Yeah, and, and that might be in the small little bubble of in that locker room in the building with the franchise, but it goes beyond that. Final fours, college games, impact on the city, economical impact. I mean, and I will say it's directly. You know what happened to New England Patriots? Yeah, they got Tom Brady. They got Bill Belichick. They also got a brand-new stadium. At the same time, everything started going well. Coincidence? Maybe, but it, they did. It just did. It's part of it. If you can make all that work at the same time, it's uh, it's such a boon for your organization. It really adds value to your organization. So it'll be a conversation that won't go away. We'll get your thoughts, 904-362-9901. Let's do an early ballin' and fallin' here on ESPN 690 next. Jacksonville Iceman tonight against the Florida Everblades here at the Veterans Memorial Arena downtown. 7 o'clock. Puck drops. Game four. Two to one. Everblades lead. It's a big one for the Iceman. Hope to see you down here. If you're checking out the video feed now, here it is. It's going to get better. I'm working on it. But. Looks great, Brian. Got saying. the Iceman shirt on. Got the last name going. Yeah. Yep. This from ESPN 690 night. My gosh, that music sounds loud. I know. And I feel like I just keep on going because Kuzin's paying attention. Kuzin's probably running attention. in the back. He's probably <laughs> running in the back to set up the video. Um, hey, how about a little ball and falling a little earlier? By the way, coming up, we'll have Tate Casey on, talking a little forward to Gators, uh, wrap up the entire spring season. Uh, good to have the uh, sideline reporter for the forward to Gators on uh, in, in a little bit here on ESPN 690. Former uh, Gator player, of course. And uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we're going to talk a little Bold City Brigade. Bring in the brigade as we have a brigade member uh, coming on the program. Talk a little bit about the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Should have had him come in last night when it was uh, $2 beers. Yeah, true. I don't know if they're 
selling the beer this early. Oh, we can we can find a back room or something. I'm sure that's <laughs> storing some. We can have a good time. Uh, are you here. kidding me? When I used to work for the Pawtucket Red Sox, like uh, <laughs> get the show ready, it'd be awesome. I mean, you're back there with like all these kegs. And yep. I mean, you did a little bit of everything when you mm-hmm. work in uh, minor league and even some professional sports, and uh, it was it was kind of fun to do that stuff though. Sure, you know, it was a little behind the scenes look. So you know the operation now, uh, even though that was some 20 years ago. I'm sure they do it a little bit better than they used to do, but uh, some of that stuff never changes. So uh, the Iceman home tonight and people hard at work as the season continues, and you always love when the season continues. You know what that means? Extra gates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yep. And, and that doesn't hurt. This, yeah, it's extra money, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a good thing that helps it thrive, and that's why it's important to be successful on the ice like the Icemen have. All right, how about a little balling and falling to get us going? Sounds here like on a, a plan, Brent. Uh, when it comes to my balling, I'm going to be honest here. During the the first couple segments of the show, I've been giving you about I don't know maybe 10 percent of my effort because the other 90 percent is watching this right now on Twitter. Oh, Stevie Y. Yes. So, in respect for the Detroit Red Wings, who are my favorite NHL team, the Detroit Red Wings are balling. Stevie Franchise, the captain, El Capitan, Stevie Y, is appearing to come back home and take over as the GM for the Detroit Red Wings. Lightning fans are going to know just how crucial Stevie Y was um, in the buildup of their team. Uh, while he was the guy that put the talent out there, unfortunately, being a GM, you can't make the talent perform well. But um, he was the guy that brought all, all that crazy talent to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, there's probably no better two-way player in the history of the NHL than Stevie Wiseman. Um, they call him the captain for a reason, and especially talking about a team with the Red Wings that lack discipline right now. They're depleted on defense, uh, and they're they're kind of having a, a fault from their veterans. They haven't really been playing well at all. So... Um, that they have young pieces like with Darren, Dylan Larkin here, um, but Stevie Wiseman's definitely going to be the, the next guy to come in, um, change things around a little bit, and they call it Hockey Tom for a reason. There's a lot of history in Detroit, so I think it, it's a great signing by Detroit. I thought he was going to go to Seattle eventually and, and spearhead that new franchise starting up over there, but happy to see Stevie's coming home, so the Detroit Red Wings are balling, and that's uh, that's a phrase I haven't said in probably three or four years. That's, how big is that in Detroit, seriously? Oh, I mean, that's got to so, be a huge home. So so this would out. this would be the equivalent to Derek Jeter going back to like the Yankees and being like like a GM yeah, there. That's yeah. a good equivalent. I'm trying yeah. to think of it, uh, you know, it's it's I guess it's Tom Coughlin going back to the Jags in a sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, Eisenman doesn't share those old school philosophies too, where he's not getting along with, with, with the young players because we need chemistry in in Detroit. So <laughs> we'll see. Actually, that's an interesting yeah. take, though. We're going to talk obviously more about what Tom Coughlin said and. Uh, uh, by the way, I have no problem with what Tom Coughlin's message is. It's just a matter of is he allowed to do that on that stage? These are voluntary things. So in terms of if that was a team meeting and everything he said outside of the we're close to 100% and we want 100% during these voluntary times, everything else he said, the selflessness, the, the, I mean, those are messages that, no, teams, that heads of heads of businesses, heads of teams share. So Those are echoed throughout yeah, speeches and whatnot. My issue with it is that the fact that he called out players because that's violating rules. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you say the, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but you say these, you know, voluntary workers are, are so crucial into building the team dynamic, into building a, a solid team. Well, I'll tell you what, if you call out players and the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up, you know, maybe losing a practice or something because of that, because let's be honest, I mean, 
yeah, sure, Tom Coughlin could get fined, but they could take practices away. Yep. That they could take draft a mini picks. camp away. I mean, I don't think dra- I think draft picks be a is a little drastic. Extreme, yeah. But they but can they've definitely, done it in the past to teams. I'm they sure. have done it in the past, but I think um, it's not out of the realm of possibility of taking away some practices. I would much rather have the Jacksonville Jaguars there at practice than I would at voluntary uh, workouts. And if the Jaguars start losing practice, well, I think that affects the team a little more, It'll in be, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, and it would. Uh, all right, my balling. Uh, we'll get back to the Tom Coughlin stuff, but it was just interesting. You know, Stevie. Stevie Eiserman says the same message. My point is, it's going to be delivered and accepted very well in Detroit. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, there's going to be no buts about it. Like, what he says, whatever it is, is going to go because he's Stevie Eiserman. He's, he's earned that. Kind of like, I guess, Coughlin has too, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, <laughs> well, I think he has. Yeah. Well, and the funny the thing about that is, I think he has maybe with the people in Jacksonville, has mm-hmm. he with the players in that locker room. True. That's a different st- story. Mm-hmm. And uh, one we'll talk about a little bit more. We can't get away from it. We no, we can't. coming back to it. Uh, but, okay, my balling. How about Kevin Durant? After <laughs> Patrick Beverly is in that guy's shorts, in his head, <laughs> all he does is go drop 38 on him, you know, and says, yeah. okay, here's what I got. And, uh, you know, listen, any chance that you thought Golden State was going to lose this series against the Clippers wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, – well, at least strong out of the gates for the Golden State Warriors. 41 points in the first quarter. They win big one, 32-105, 38 uh, for Kevin Durant. So they're back on track. But I, you kind of like, you know, we talk about this bunch, you know, it, that old school basketball court stuff where, you know, you drop three threes and you talk trash for the next three days on a guy. Mm-hmm. That kind of felt like this. It was like Beverly's having his say. He's frustrating yeah. the heck out of Durant. Durant looks like it's in his head, and he's having trouble with it. And then, bam, just goes drops 38. Storylines, character set. development. I mean, is this Game of Thrones here? People love that stuff, and I love that stuff. So uh, even though it's a series where you think Golden State's absolutely going to crush them, it, it is still um, it is still must-see TV just for the fact that Kevin Durant and Patrick Beverly going back and forth. So it's, it's entertaining, to say the least. Absolutely. All right, what you got for Fallen? Fallen. Well... Haha ha Clinton Dix took it upon himself to head back to Alabama and get his degree back in 2018. One would say that it's balling. That's, that's an admirable thing. Unfortunately, it's 2019 now, and he still hasn't received it, his diploma. Do you know why, Brent? I think I saw this. Okay. Uh, uh, I got it tweeted to me. Um, and it was something about owing a dollar. Was that right? Because he just found out that he owes one dollar or four <laughs> quarters or a hundred pennies back to university. Alabama, for all the money that that man made for you that didn't see a dollar of it, you think the least you could do for him was send him his diploma and just cover the one dollar tab that he ran up at Alabama. And don't tell me here, Brett, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't tell me, but don't anybody tell me, well, it's not about the money, it's about the principles. Principles go out the window when we're talking $1. Principles go out the window when we're talking 100 pennies. So, Alabama, step your game up, you're falling. Yeah, that's, uh, that's well said. I Thank mean, you. I guess they've got to do that. Uh, do I, they, I, though? In the <laughs> system, I guess. You know, there's probably, by the way, haha, Clinton Dix is one of them. There's probably 5,000 students waiting on that $1 clear or that parking ticket to yeah. clear or all that. I mean, and, and, and I guarantee you they sent a bunch of notices along the way. But, I mean, you, you just can't I say, like, ah, oh, he's okay. I mean, let's be honest. Haha Clinton Dix has a unique name. I think if his name yeah, popped up on the computers, they'd be like, oh, I remember him. That name sticks out. He played for Alabama football. He was the first-round draft pick, went to Green Bay. Let's go ahead and just uh, send him his diploma anyways. And, but, yeah, whatever. and not only that. Maybe he'll give back 
to the university in a big way. So let's uh, well, let's keep this guy happy. Well, I'm sure he was gonna, but I'm not. I'm sure his original high school is gonna get uh, all those benefits and whatnot. All right, uh, fallen for me is could this be a prediction? Could we have both number one seeds in the NHL go down? Mm. In the first round of the playoffs. I mean, we talked about the Lightning because it's a little closer to home and they had that great regular season. Yep. But you know what could happen tonight? Colorado has a 3-1 to one lead over Calgary. I know it. I mean, that's unbelievable. By it the way, I impressed Ty last night. We were at Taps. Yep. We were having uh, 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 some wings. Okay. And they had trivia night, so we were just listening in. We weren't playing. Yep. And so the, the thing was, who, which franchise did the Quebec Nordiques become? In 1995. Oh, yeah, Avalanche. And it was the Colorado Avalanche. Good call. He, he kind of looked at me like, ah, you got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. The Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I did. Uh, listen, yeah, Calgary, another team that came in with a lot of hype around them. I mean, it's one of the hardest places to play, and Colorado has showed up. You know, make no mistakes about it. Um, I'm hoping Calgary can pull it out because obviously I don't like the Avalanche, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay tuned to it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the NHL. We'll see what happens here. Jacksonville Weissman. Action Sports Jacks on the road on ESPN 690 rolls on from the arena next. Jacksonville Iceman tonight play against the Florida Everblades right here at the arena. 7 o'clock puck drops. Come on out some playoff hockey in Jacksonville. What else are you going to do? I Good mean, point. really. I think the shrimp are home, but there's no doubt that baseball game most likely going <laughs> to get rained out. That's not, that's not happening. Um, it doesn't look good for the shrimp. Don't pour a... Uh, gasoline on the field and try to light it up either <laughs> like some high school coaches have been doing lately it doesn't turn out well spoiler alert it usually doesn't uh um can i just say before ready. we get back into some segments here what's that i feel bad for your kids brent why is that because i can only imagine what family pictures are like with you i mean brent has workers that are trying to prep for a big playoff game here against the ford Everblades. he's got workers setting up lights for us i got i have this Basically, a deer shining light in my face right now. No way I make it through the whole uh, show without going blind. It's just, uh, it's out of control right now, Brent. I'm out of take control. a picture of it. This is like, it, it's like a heat lamp almost. Yeah. And that feels nice because it is a little chilly in here, being an, an ice rink and all. But I know, um, you went shorts today. It is right in my retinas, and I'm feeling it. But I, I, and he doesn't I, care. I didn't even catch his name, but uh, yeah, nice, nice, he was actually the you, mic you guy you, that you were, making fun, you were making fun of. I wasn't making – you started making fun of him. No, right? Don't no. put me – we were both making fun of him. <laughs> Don't try to bury me. I'm we taking you with me. We weren't making fun of him necessarily. We were making no. fun of just how many times the, nut, the mic – No. Yeah, was he definitely. was a fantastic gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings a light, but now we got a clamp. We might have to move – we have a clamp here. We can, we can plug it in. We might have this – figured out eventually. No, it's cool. This drop-off is significant I'll just keep now, seeing though. black spots sitting here. It's all good. No worries, man. That's what I do, man. I mean, you, you <laughs> think, hey, think of, how about this light in the summer in August and September at a preseason show for I the I feel Jacks. like I'm back in the combine right now getting interrogated by Jack Del Rio. That's, that's, that's what it feels like, honestly. <laughs> that's oh. awesome. You know, I tried to get Jack on the show. You know, oh, he's a little more uh, vocal on social media now. And I have not, no. I don't, been, I don't follow him, yeah, so I don't know what's jumping in on. Uh, okay. on, on stuff. I think he's kind of bored. <laughs> so maybe he'll even talk to, to us. Hey, never know. That'd be cool. I mean, I'd rather have him than Joe Collin on, so, yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to do that, too. Uh, I might have to call him for a sick day with that one. We'll see. Um, all right, hey, we want to talk about uh, uh, the Tom Coughlin stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually trying to get our Bold City Brigader up here, too. Um, we'll do that at the 4 o'clock hour. But the Tom Coughlin stuff is interesting. It's caught, again, 
We're in an NFL world where NFL dominates and the cycle is slow at times, although we've had a busy week with schedule and everything else. But uh, the, the fact that Tom Coughlin said this during yesterday's State of the Franchise, unprompted, I think unscripted to a degree. Brent, it was scripted. That was like, like I said, it was a graduation speech. Well, he well, scripted no, that. It was scripted for him. I don't think this was like pre-planned by the organization to say, hey, oh, like, okay. I'm not sure even, like, not that Tom Coughlin checks with Doug Marone, yeah. but I bet Doug Marone was even sitting there like, Hmm. Oh. <laughs> so 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 we're doing this now. We're gonna let this happen. Like yeah. that, that's my take on it. Okay. All right. I got you. It's I got not you. like hey uh hey it's not like Doug went into Tom's office and been like hey I think this is a good chance to send a message to these guys. I don't feel like I don't think that's how it happens and I don't think that's how it happened is my point. Uh, I got you. But anyway, across the country now and uh, in the sports world, the NFL PA responds. Eric Winston responds. We read that statement yesterday, uh, and now this is a thing. Everyone's talking about it. It's a thing, and will Tom Coughlin be reprimanded for it? Will be this a slap on the wrist? The the bottom line is, and I think I think if we were in a court of law, I think Tom Coughlin would have an out because he never specifically said people's names, although we all knew who he, he was talking about. So I think he would have a little bit of an out there. But uh, the bottom line is a big. It's a big deal. For now, I don't think it would be a big deal overall. It would be interesting to see the reaction from these players when that time comes. But uh, it's unnecessary. You know, for, for, an, for an organization, if you think about this a little more, we probably didn't talk about it as much yesterday. If you think about an organization that's coming off a miserable year, one of the most disappointing seasons in franchise history, and on top of that, appeared to have a broken locker room at times, mm-hmm. I'm not sure this was the time for that message. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Coughlin's done a lot of good things. Uh, part of it is motivation in his line of work. I think this one, the timing of it was not good. You know, if he had walked in the door when he did three years ago, and this was something that he said, and when everybody's kind of paying attention to Tom Coughlin and every word, and this is the way we're going to run this this thing, I think it would have worked a little bit better. But now... I don't think the timing here was good as you are trying to create momentum, get away from last year. This seems to more of a remembrance of last year and that broken locker room uh, to me. Dan Orlovsky chimed in, right? Oh, yeah, Uh, he did. He chimed in from ESPN on the whole situation. And as we said, this thing has gone uh, national. Uh, Let's listen to uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, from ESPN talking about the Tom Coughlin situation. I'm on Tom Coughlin's side, and I'm a little bit of an old-school guy. I get that, but I always believe that we should be together. You know, I understand the difference between voluntary and mandatory. The reality is that's just there for money. You can't find me if I'm not there. But we always loved the teams that I was part of, and this didn't necessarily equate to wins and losses, but it meant something being together. It meant something in April, in May, and June being together because you know what else isn't mandatory is wins. Team camaraderie. That is a voluntary thing, and so – the great thing about it is when your stars, when your stars are your, your tempo setters, when they're around all the time, that's how your organization really gets better. Because this is an organization, a team right now, that's lacking some leadership. It's got some off-the-field troubles with one of their stars. It's lose, it lost their, their franchise quarterback, and now this will be an area that Nick Foles helps. But And everyone always points like, oh, Tom Brady doesn't go. Well, Tom Brady doesn't go because he can't get through security carrying his six rings through the metal <laughs> detector, guys. Like, there's a difference. And so I believe that your young stars should always be around dictating or setting the tempo for your organization. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Looks like we may have lost hey, the guys. We there got you are. back. There we you got are. you back. 
Got me nervous. Uh, yeah, well, it was going in and out a little bit, even during uh, Orlowski, but we heard it, and hopefully you heard it, too. I know oh, you did yeah. on ESPN uh, 690, ESPN690.com. Blood is boiling right now, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, boy, you really don't like it, huh? Okay, I'm, I'm not one to, to judge anybody without meeting him. I was raised like that. But uh, with his false comment that he made and now with this comment, I feel like me and Orlowski may not get along if we ever meet in person. <laughs> Here, here's I have a couple issues with it. So, number one, he says that the, the teams that he were on, you know, the, and it doesn't correlate to wins and losses. Well, then what are you even talking about? If you're not talking about wins or losses, then what's the point of even going on this rant that you're going on? NFL comes down to wins or losses. That's all people care about. That's all players care about. That's all the coaches care about. And that's all that the fans care about. So don't say, oh, well, wins and losses doesn't necessarily correlate. That proves my point right there that Coffin shouldn't have said that. Now let's talk about the teams that Dan Orlowski was on. You played for the Lions team that didn't win a game that didn't win a single game in a season, and you played on a Colts team that won two games, playboy. So you're going to sit here and tell me, oh, well, you know, I mean, they should do it this way, the old school way, because look at how it paid off for me. I mean, there's nothing to go off there. So, and and he says, like, well, they need to be there because of the leadership standpoint. And I've been on a rant saying it, Brent, and I'm going to say it one more time until everybody gets it. We talk about team camaraderie. The Jaguars aren't bringing in a synergy guy that sits them in a circle in a meeting room and everyone shares their feelings and tries to get on the same page and that's going to cause them to be on a, you know on a better page going forward. They're not doing trust falls. They're not doing a, they're not doing escape rooms. They're not, building, they're, they're not doing escape rooms either. All they're doing is they're going to the weight rooms, they're throwing around steel, and then they're leaving the building. I mean, if that's team chemistry right there, okay, but uh, it gets overblown in my opinion. We're talking about voluntary off-season workouts. I have no further comment. We'll bring in the brigade. See what they have to say about it next on ESPN 6. Hey, all right, we're back. Here we go. (laughs) We're still messing around with this thing. Do you sound okay, Coos? Your mic sounds a little funky, yeah. Yeah, it sounds a little echoey, don't we? Yeah, Tad. There we go. All right, we'll figure it out. Hey, how about this? Coos, you got to let us know. I'm blocked by Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> so I don't know the latest tweet, but uh, Oh, that's, uh, that's right. I forgot you were blocked by him. Yes. All right, well, uh, he just tweeted out, fully aware and voluntary, meaning I don't have to be there, but they know the exact reasons I'm not. My teammates know it's all love, and I know I'll be ready when it's time. 100 emoji. Oh, let's break into that a little bit, right? I mean, what the... What are the reasons he's not there? Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Pat is here as well from the Bold City Brigade. Hey, you got some music to play Pat in or no? Oh, yeah, I do. Hold on. I got it right here. Here we go. (laughs) Do you have it right there or not? All right. Breaking all the copyright laws right now for you, Pat. I hope you feel special. I start bringing the brigade music for you, Pat. I love it. I haven't heard it. I know. You don't have uh, headphones on. You can't hear it, but trust me, it's awesome. (laughs) Go go ahead and try these on. (laughs) Oh, man, that's unofficial. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's real good stuff. Hey, uh, so we bring in the brigade every uh, every so often. We're like, you know what? The schedule just came out, uh, off-season conditioning, state of the franchise, the draft's on the way, and I know you're a big draft guy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, give us your role with the Bold City Brigade, how long you've been a, a part of this thing. Oh, man, uh, pretty much since the beginning. Um, I'm the vice president of uh, Bold City Brigade with another guy, Tim. Might have heard of him. Yeah, I've uh, heard of him. <laughs> Is he better at graphics than you? 
Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> Tim, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I, so let, me, let me ask you this. Are you better at golf than him? Uh, no, no, not Wait a at minute. all. That's not a high bar. Uh, the, I've played with Tim before. Well, uh, my if, if I tried to go against Tim, I don't think I'd get off you know the second tee without losing all the balls I came with. Fair enough. Uh, Sorry, man, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are, so no worries on I that. Am, uh, I'm not that great at it. But, uh, yeah, with uh, BCB... Um, what vice president and uh, kind of get to uh, hang around with the guys and come up with ideas about where we're going with it that year and uh, kind of be a part of the whole festivities. So cool. That's a that's a little top of the line summary. Yeah, I mean, listen, we run into you guys all over the place. We're on the road. We have over the years. Uh, how much fun has this group had? And and I think you guys have really established a voice with the team. You know, right. I think they listen. Right. I think uh, there's obviously a growing population with your age group, if you will. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know how much that spans, but I'm just <laughs> saying, obviously, a younger generation. Uh-huh. The generation this franchise, now going in its 25th season, has been waiting for to get a little bit older right. for a long time. Right. And uh, so you feel it. You see it. And uh, how much fun have you guys been able to have in also grow at that same time. Well, first, I mean, that, that's good to hear, too, because it, that's what we set out to be. Uh, we set out to be that vehicle that um, our age group and um, you know our, our people that have grown up with the team um, can get together and kind of be a bigger voice for people to hear and, and, and learn about the fan base and kind of be in people's faces. Um, so that's been really fun to kind of create that from the uh, the ground up. Um, but you know something that I didn't realize when we got into it was how many people I would meet that I wouldn't regularly you know talk to or hang out with just off the bat. You know I mean, I've I met so many people from the UK. Uh, people from all around the country uh, when we go on trips and things like that. So it's kind of this this big extended family that suddenly you become a part of because you have this one central thing in common. That's that's the Jaguars. So um, you know it, that's that's the fun part about it for me. Yeah, you know? that's now, what's listen, really exciting. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. A lot of the Bolt City Brigaders are on Twitter. Yep. You guys can be damn angry sometimes. It's a loud voice. It's a loud <laughs> voice. And, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's brutal sometimes. Sometimes you feel a little bad for the people that uh, that we get, we get uh, you know, going against. But they always deserve it, you know? They it's part of business, man. They always said something that they deserve to have that, uh, that fear that I feel fury like going we've all been on the receiving end of that from time to time. Strength in numbers, Brent. It's We're all wonders, man. It's all love. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of Austin's in between. I'm not sure if he's like a Bold City Brigader or if he's a member of the media now. Oh, so I'm, like, oh. I'm going to be a Bold City Brigader more than a member of the media. I've been, to, I've been, to the, I've been to the media parties here you know, at the Super Bowl, and uh, not for me so much. I mean, I've, I've been to one playoff game. Uh, you know, with with the Bold City Brigade, and I wasn't even drinking, and I had more fun. No offense to the media people, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm rolling with the Bold City Brigade, Brent. No there offense to you. It's two on one right here. It is. Yeah, that's okay. the numbers, Brent. I what can I just say. I yeah. can take you or at least run. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why we were questionable to work here at first. I mean, we're, we're like, should we turn this microphone on or not? Right. Uh, Hey, well, let's uh, let's get your thoughts on it then. I mean, what would you be saying right now on, on Twitter? What do you think about the whole Tom Coughlin thing? And now Jalen Ramsey just responded. Uh, obviously, you, if you're a Jags fan, you love Ramsey. I mean, if if you like mm-hmm. the Jags, I feel like you love Ramsey. You love the edge. Uh, what do you make of the whole Tom Coughlin thing yesterday? Um, I was a little taken back that he decided to use his his time at the state of the uh, the, the franchise to just you know take shots at Telvin and Jalen. Um, I get the whole point about team building. And that's good and all, but it is voluntary. I mean, if it's not voluntary, don't call it voluntary. Exactly. Um, and then don't then take shots at guys in a very public space. Uh, you know, Jalen gets scolded when he does it. 
How come Tom can, can do it and not get in trouble? Um, I do love Tom Coughlin, though, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'm siding with Jalen on this one. Um, I mean, I think Jalen has earned uh, to not have to show up for voluntary workouts. He's proven time and time again that he'll show up, he'll get his work done, he'll be in shape, and uh, he'll be the best player on the field. So I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, let me get some thoughts on in terms of that, though. He wants to obviously get paid, right, Austin? I mean, that's yeah. the message here. They know why I am not here, yeah. or is it just they know why I'm not here because I'm working out with my dad? How did you interpret that? I interpreted that he's doing what he's always done, and what he's always done is work out with his dad at his gym in Tennessee, and the results are on the table. He was an all-pro uh, his second year, and he was a pro bowler last year. So um, to say – he was going to do better in Jacksonville. I mean, that's a you know that's a little contradicting yourself because the guy comes in in shape. The guy comes ready to play. I mean, it shows on the field. Yes, he was hurt a little bit last year, but he's still a Pro Bowl caliber player. So I agree with him in terms of Coughlin. And I have to be careful what I say about Coughlin because one day I have to actually talk to Coughlin. Yeah, you and, remember uh, the media now. He's, remember, he's a pretty intense person and whatnot. <laughs> so uh, you know, I think the way Coughlin went about, it, I think it was wrong. Um, I don't think even I don't think even the teams on the same page because I, I feel like Doug Marone wouldn't say that. So there's some not even only disconnect on the team, but there's disconnect on the coaching staff as well. I feel yeah, like. think mm-hmm. about this too, where it comes uh, on the heels of Doug Marone on Tuesday. I really thought went to bat for Leonard Fournette by bringing up his own experience with the speeding ticket and everything else that went on getting arrested. And then two days later, Tom Coughlin says, "You two should be here." So it is fascinating if you look at that dynamic. I didn't even think about it until you just brought it up in, in that sense, Austin. Uh, these guys are going to get paid. Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, what's your view as a fan? When do you want these guys to, to get their money? Uh, I mean, it's not my money, so give it to them as That's soon as you can. Say, it's not my money. <laughs> give them those big contracts. I want them here for a long time. Uh, but, yeah, I, the sooner the better. Um, I think Jan and Jalen have both proven that they deserve the money, so um, get it to them. I mean, it's been a long time since we've been able to, to have a player that deserves that much money. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as much those, money as they want. Those are two guys, too. You do think once they get the money, you're not really worried about their production. They, they right. still are going to thrive and get better in Pro Bowls. There's, it means so much to them to do well, it feels like, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, you do wonder now. I mean, I think uh, the, the the jury's still out, uh, or the verdict's still out, on um, on uh, Tel- Telvin Smith. I mean, he got paid, and then he had a eh, mixed bag last year. So uh, we'll see where, where that ends up. How about the Nick Foles situation as you followed it? Were you excited about that, or were you, and I know a lot of Twitter was, in the Haskins camp, where did you sit? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I, it, it, I think I was more in the camp of, of we just need a, a quarterback that we can count on. I mean, I love Blake. Blake's a good dude, but uh, on the field, it, it wasn't cutting it. And um, so there had to be something done if they figured that Foles was the safer route and um, that pans out, then I'm all for it. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, it would be nice to draft someone young um, and kind of have that in place. That doesn't mean that we're still not going to draft someone young in the top ten. Maybe not. Uh, it may not make sense. But, uh, you know, we got two third-round picks. Yeah. Uh, we got a second-round pick. So there, there could be a quarterback sitting there that's worth grooming. And, you know, two years down the road, if Foles isn't working out, you can jump straight to that guy. So Speaking of the draft, who do you think the Jaguars are going to select with the first-round pick? And who do you actually want to see them select with the first-round pick? Uh I so 
I love the draft. It's 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 my Christmas. You know, I was, <laughs> when I was little, it was it was funny. Uh, um, you know, middle school and high school, my dad would always know it's draft day because it was the first day I was up before 10 a.m. <laughs> um, and you know, I'd sit there and print out the spreadsheets and stuff. But uh, yeah, so I followed it a bit, and and I'm I'm kind of in the camp that that this draft is so loaded with blue chip defensive talent. I know we have great defensive players and we have needs on the offense, but it's one of those things. Do you just want to not take a potential Hall of Famer or a potential even you know perennial Pro Bowler just because you had needs somewhere else? Um, so in that you know if if a, if a Quentin Williams or a Nick Bosa falls down to seven, you run it you run the card up. Um, I particularly I think Ed Oliver would be the guy I would pick. Uh, I think it's the guy they should pick. Uh, you know he's young, uh, he's a blue chip talent. Um, he can he can penetrate. Uh, he, he's everything you want from that defensive tackle position. They just got rid of Malik, um, and Malik still had some talent left too, but they got rid of him. Um, and Taven, you know, he still may become something, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just just keeping on loading up talent on that defensive line, which Coughlin has done in the past, yes. uh, may make sense. I mean, I hope I hope uh, Calais can stay at a, at a high level like he's playing right now forever, but um, he's human, so you never know when that wall is going to get hit. It's just... If our defensive line goes, how good is that defense going to be? Um, so I would I would pick an Ed Oliver, a Montez Sweat, someone like that. That's your guy, Austin. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I prefer Sweat over Oliver. I want to ask you this question. So Ed Oliver is a fantastic athlete. Don't get right. me wrong. We've seen him standing on top of a horse sprint. I mean, <laughs> that speaks for itself in general. I have seen him slide down at times, too, though, all the way down to like 14, 15, which is interesting to me. I yeah. thought he was a top 10 guy, no right. doubt. Remember, at well, first, uh, go back a few months, he was a top 5 guy, no doubt. So, mm-hmm. at Houston, there's some character issues a little bit, but I mean, if you turn on the film, the guy explodes. I've seen some of his film and whatnot. And um, from, from a standpoint of, because everyone talks about, you know, throwing your fastball, getting off the ball as fast as you can. Um, he's one of the best guys in this draft. But my question to you is Ed Oliver. I mean, he, he's a guy that I see playing a three technique. I think he's a little undersized right now to play the nose. He has the speed to make up for that. But if you bring Ed Oliver for the Jaguars, he's playing three technique, let's be honest. So then what does that say about the draft last year when they, when they get Taven Bryan? Do you think that's just the GM saying, yeah, we kind of messed up with Taven Bryan because then what's going to happen with him? Because we know Taven Bryan can't play the five technique. That's been evident. He, right. he belongs at a three technique. So are you worried about the depth there um, with having too many three techniques? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's like, what, did you play defensive line or something? Is oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I might right. a little bit. we got to deal with this all the time. I defensive line. Defensive line. line. Russian yeah. passer. Sack. <laughs> no, um, MMA. Yeah, right? <laughs> Gets old, doesn't it? Gosh. It's better than offensive line talk. <laughs> but it's, what do you want from me, You know man? what? You got that right. We, 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 we can be talking about Juwan Taylor right now if you want, man. We really put the people to sleep. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's a great question, and I really do kind of think that they may have messed up a little bit with Taven. I, I, I think they saw his skill set. And they're like, okay, this can be our big end when you know Calais can't you know play at the level he's at. And they tried him out there last year, and they said, well, you know, we might have gotten this wrong. He can still be a deems to tackle, but still, they don't know what he's going to be. I think if Ed Oliver's sitting there, um, and you know the dude can play three tech, and you know he's going to be what you want there, I don't think there's a reason to pass him up. I mean, when I was saying earlier about um, you know being in the top ten and having a pick like that, you've got to come away with a blue chip player. And there's been times in the past where we've picked a player there because we needed one. Granted, they're both quarterbacks, but um, it's a trend with this 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 uh, franchise. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you look at uh, when we picked Blaine Gabbert, you know, J.J. Watt went the pick after him. Uh, when we picked Blake, Khalil Mack went the pick after him. And said, so why are you taking these offensive players when there's you're in the top ten of the draft and you have the ability to pick 
these blue chip perennial Hall of Fame players, and you're just not. And that's 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 what can set a franchise back, and it has. And I feel like this is learn from your mistakes and pick the dude that's going to be um, the guy that turns out to be the best player. Yeah, and well, best player available certainly uh, echoes that. Uh, if you're just jumping in, uh, it's bringing the brigade day here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We've done this in the past. Bold City Cap has joined us <laughs> now on Twitter at Pat Drinks. Yeah. Very creative. Hey, well, you know what? Drinks what? Uh, anything. <laughs> Hydration. Hydration is key. Hydration is key. <laughs> hey, get a plug-in for the Bold City Brigade. I've seen Bold City Cap on Twitter talking about where you guys might go with the schedule okay. coming out. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys looking into for potential trips in 2019? Well, we don't got I mean, we don't have any huge details. Uh, and, and, you know, with BCB, there kind of is a season um, for us to kind of really get into it and come up with all these details. Uh, it, it, you know, going through the season – um, there's so much to do, and, and there's so much to make sure that's happening and planning and, and, and getting things ready that you kind of have to have a little bit of an off season. So really, our, our BCB season kind of starts right after the State of the Union uh, or State of the Franchise, um, and, uh, and 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 when the draft or sorry when the schedule gets released. Um, so we were kind of talking about that recently, and and it we're kind of leaning towards um maybe doing Denver and Carolina. I mean that's not nothing official, but um. That seems like the two games that may make sense the most. Uh, we wanted to go to Atlanta. Um, we might still do that, depending on what happens in the season. But last year we wanted to go to Miami, and it was right on Christmas weekend, yeah. and the team wasn't very good, and there wasn't <laughs> much, uh, you know, there wasn't much uh, uh, push from from our fan base to really want to get up and go to Miami to watch a five and whatever team. Um, Carolina makes a lot of sense. Carolina would be very fun. Everyone can drive there. Last one we did where everyone can drive was Tampa Bay, and we blew it out of the water. Yeah, uh, that was uh, a great crowd. 2,500 people at our tailgate uh, took up a whole section. Uh, it was fun. But, yeah, and then Denver's a city that would just be so fun for anybody that hasn't gone there to visit. And, uh, and that's kind of, that kind of the thing that we like to do is go to other cities and congregate, get together for at a bar, drink some beers, talk Jags, and hopefully win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that's part, the last part of it. Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, if you really think about it, we go to a lot of things. We go to uh, Senior Bowl and Super Bowl and – uh, I'll be in Nashville for the draft and all these other – and we go to a lot of away games. And it is fun to see how many, even if they don't live in Jacksonville or mm-hmm. members of the Bold City Brigade, from New York to London to all over the place, uh, you, right. you guys have really done a good job. But it's almost like you're putting on a wedding it's a couple <laughs> of times a year. I mean, it must get exhausting. You do have a full-time job, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, it's a labor of love. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's cool to put in all the all that work, and then, you know, when it's actually happened, you sit back. You're like, wow, you know, this is something that actually matters. Um, matters to the city. It helps the community out. Um, strengthens the fan base, and you know, um, hopefully, it helps out with the players and the front office, and they they notice it and they appreciate it. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Yeah, uh, let me two more questions, and we'll let you go. Yeah. We appreciate popping up, especially yeah, since no we're at the arena. I mean, you had like to go through security and all this. And not not to not to mention the tornadoes yeah. and the hail oh, yeah, and Hazard the winds. Pay. Hazard pay. Yeah, you I guys mean, are trying to kill me? You out really here. sold out to get here, <laughs> uh, so we we had to make it work, and we're keeping you a little longer because so. All right, that uh, works. So that works. We have major plans ahead, <laughs> but I do. Have to, I think I when I was going to Music City. Uh, not Music City, Nashville, uh, Radio City, sorry, for the draft right. in New York right, right. City. Uh, a lot of you guys went one of the years. Mm-hmm. How, much, how many people still go to the draft? Is that still a thing? It's unfortunately not as far as I know. It's very hard to get tickets into the draft now. The NFL kind of saw that there was a there was a, uh, um, a desire for fan bases to go there and watch it, and mm-hmm. then the NFL does what the NFL does, and yeah. they said, okay, well, you guys have to buy tickets, and there's only a certain amount of tickets, and 
all that stuff. So it's it's harder now. Um, when when we did that back in the day, um, that was kind of Cap's initiative he took because he had gone to the draft a couple times before and he knew how it worked. You know, you get in the line, um, everyone, ha- your whole group has to be together, and uh, you know, Cap can tell the story way better than I can. So uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, they right get now blind. he's saying, right now he's watching, yeah. listening, he's saying, like <laughs> usual. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. <laughs> so you, you get in line all together, and you, you wait there forever. You get a ticket uh, to come back, and then wait in line again. You get to the front, and you tell them, you know, how big of a group you're with. And yeah. um, I, I know Cap always said he got to the front. The lady said, "How how big is your group?" And he said, uh, "About like 130." And she was, "Are you serious?" <laughs> so I don't know if it was the number of people that showed up that that made her uh, so so uh, uh, crazy on that one, or the fact they were all Jaguars fans. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, so that was cool. Were you at the one in New York? Uh, the draft years? in New York? Yeah, I was not. You were. Okay. I wish I was though, because yeah, that was a pretty I good. I mean, I've one. seen you around. I can't remember where I've seen you at some of the events. Oh, but, I'm uh, around. I'm uh, around. But, but that one was a cool. I remember when they a big group of you went to yeah. the, to New York City for it, and it was it was really cool to see yeah. all the Jags fans there and trying to get in. And you're right, they've since changed. It is hard to get in. I mean, I can't even get in apparently. Cause they only let one by himself to Nashville. Oh, okay. I'm not coming he's not taking him. you. No. Not, he's not taking me. No. Gosh. Cool though, it's man. That, it's that media Bold City Brigade thing. It might be coming back. Yeah. Which line are you going to pick? Seriously. Probably cause a little riffraff. I mean, I have a history in Nashville, a little bit of uh, <laughs> going downtown to Tootsie's and singing yeah. some karaoke on stage, so it's probably for the best I don't know. Oh, go they haven't asked you back? Yeah, I know they haven't, because the truth be told, I, I went on Tootsie's stage on a Saturday, sang Garth Brooks. They pulled me on stage because they thought I was a Tennessee Titans player. Okay. Because I said I was a Tennessee Titans player. <laughs> that was smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I sang Garth Brooks' Friends in Little Places. I dropped the mic and said Duval, and they all booed me, and that was it. <laughs> that's so, a good way. Oh, good, that's a good story. And I haven't been back since. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. That was yeah. good. That was good. Outside yeah. of, uh, we'll let you go after this, outside okay. of Austin Lane, uh, 25th season for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Your favorite Jaguars player? Oh, Do you no. have a uh, favorite Jaguars moment amongst these 25 years uh, growing up a Jags fan? Oh, man. Uh, uh, you don't want to break it down by decade, but I, I think well, Jimmy... You can S- give us a couple. Okay. Uh, starting off, I think uh, Willie Jackson and Jimmy Smith were my favorite uh, growing up. Uh, MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. Man, that guy was so good. Um, and he was a cool guy off the field. He'd always, you know, talk to you, oh, yeah. um, you know, and sit there and have a conversation. Dude, you didn't feel like you were wasting his time. You know, he was legitly interested to talk to you. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Smith, uh, he's my guy. Uh, I, you know, love watching receivers. Um, that's my favorite position in football. And um, just growing up watching him, how fast he was, the way he played the game, his routes, it was great. And I think my favorite memory with Jimmy Smith, um, never met him until actually Bold City Brigade. We did a circle up. Yeah. Um. I guess you guys in the videos for that, but uh, him and Fred Taylor ran the circle up. Dang. Yeah. It was okay. cool. It was cool, and you know they went around, and I got my picture with them, and it was just cool to see those players come out to the um, you know, out yeah. to the tailgate and hang out with the fans and genuinely appreciate it. So I think that's my favorite Jaguars player moment, and Jimmy Smith. Probably my favorite player. That's pretty right good. Hey, yeah. by the way, if he had gotten to 2010, 2013, he probably would have mentioned you. Uh, this is true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All my three and a half sacks that I had right. really came through. <laughs> we only had enough time. We only had enough time. Okay? No, no, it's all good, man. I appreciate you not putting him on the spot, Brent, or anything like that. <laughs> have you done the circle up, by the way? I have done the circle up, but once, like I said, I, I was with those guys once, and I had a fight coming up, so I couldn't drink at all. Uh, so I had to do it like, with like a water. I was literally, I was like a freshman on prom night. Like I, I just, I didn't want to, I couldn't drink, and I was kind of that loser. Everyone's so I, having all the good times. Well, everyone's yeah. trying to put fireball in front of my face. They just do one, you can do one. And like I'm trying to like say I have a fight coming up, but I promise you guys, next year I will be there. Oh, uh, we're gonna fact. fix it this season. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. By the way, I, I couldn't drink when I did my circle up either. I was like live on TV. <laughs> <laughs> we can fix that one too. 
too. <laughs> Probably would have been better. Vodka, you know? there's, there's ways around that, man. You should be worried about that. Uh, how much? Uh, do you, which, you have family? I do, yeah. Like uh, kids? No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Brent, <laughs> I have a family. A, I have a family. family. <laughs> Sorry, I got the part. No, I don't yeah. have kids. Comes from some kids. No, no kids. Um. Well, then I can't ask you how big a Jags fans they are. Well, I'm assuming when I do have kids that they will be huge Jaguars fans. Yeah. So. Amen to that. Future children, you know what you got to do. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can find them at Pat Drinks on Twitter. and any information you want to give for the Bold City Brigaders out there, just stay tuned on the schedule coming out. Uh, yeah. go? I want to ask you one question quick yeah. before you do that. What's, what's your favorite drink? Favorite drink? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, if you have a name like Pat's Drinks, you, you have to have a go-to beverage. Uh, yeah. A go-to yeah. basic beverage. We should uh, give him a shot of Vida de Luis tequila. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Just a you know, good old beer or a, or a, or some a good bourbon, you know? What kind of beer? What kind of bourbon, man? More specific. Uh, let's do like a, a nice local IPA. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and then uh, with... Uh, Bourbon, I, I drink at Woodford Reserve. It's Woodford simple Reserve? enough. It's Tickle good the for the price. Yeah. The taste buds. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. hockey Respect. game, I thought he might say Labatt's Blue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I do come to the hockey game, my wife can can tell you, uh, you know, I, I, it's always Labatt's. You got to get in the got to get in the mood. Of course. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry for cutting you off, by the way. No, it's go okay. Ahead. It was a good question. Yeah. yeah. All right. The yeah, audience wanted question. to know. Yeah. They, they certainly do, especially uh, if your Twitter name's at Pat Drinks. Yeah. There you go. It's like you you're a bartender. Yeah. And then plug boldcitybrigade.com. You can sign up for our mailing list um follow us on twitter at bold city brigade and uh we'll give you all the updates we can as we know and secure them hey thanks for getting through the tornado the thunderstorm security all the way yep. up here anything for you guys pat appreciate it and pat also talks as well yeah cool pat there talks we go. well and he's locked in on the draft yes give, yeah. give, yes you got a sleeper guy you want like he we love oh. andy isabella we met him at, at, the, okay. at the mobile at the yeah. senior bowl so uh well him and Josh Oliver as well. You okay. like Josh Oliver, the tight end, yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite guy that I would love to be on this team is Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Yeah, all right. Okay. Dude is fast. He yep. can run routes. He's kind of like, you know, what Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill could be. Of course. Or what is. Um, but if I think he, is he might. Anymore. Yeah, if he is anymore. <laughs> but I think he might be able to do it better because he can run some crisp routes and then put on that speed. So. You're right. You love those receivers. I do. I do. Uh-huh. So Paris Campbell. Right all right. Down. Cool. I like it. Pat Drinks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, oh, Pat. At Pat Drinks. Yeah, there you Twitter. go. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the weekend. Pat yeah. Drinks. Absolutely. It's <laughs> Friday. For by. Bring in the brigade. Uh, having some fun talking about the draft and the Jags, of course. We're going to stay on the Jags. A little bit more on the Jalen Ramsey response coming up next on ESPN 690. Live from the arena. Iceman, drop the puck, 7 o'clock, come on out for Game 4 of the ECHL playoffs. Hey, welcome back. Thanks to uh, Pat for stopping by from the Boat City Brigade. I think it's always fun to check in with those guys. And, uh, you know, they are vocal uh, on social media. They are vocal in stadiums. They have a voice. And uh, I, I think it's fun around these times, too, to get the opinion of Jags fans. We do it all the time, by the way. Interaction, you can do it. 904-362-9901 or on many of the feeds that we have, the video feeds. Um, you can do it as well, but uh, good to introduce you to some of those folks. And Pat was great. I mean, he loves. He <laughs> told me too. He's like, I love the draft. He's a big mm-hmm. draft guy. Yeah. So uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. And again, the pulse of the fan uh, is is a, is a is a fun thing to weigh, especially that group. This is a an age group where I don't really even know what the median age would be, but let's call it. Somewhere between 25 and 40 years old. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 20 and 35 years old. 
that, uh, again, this franchise was born in 1995, 25 years ago, when they were born or when they were young. So they grew up being Jags fans. Now they can afford to buy tickets, afford to go on trips, afford to be uh, big supporters of the franchise. And it takes time. You know, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about stadiums, it's like Pittsburgh and places like that. Well, keep in mind, those places are entrenched in tradition. Oh, and it's four decades, five decades worth of where you're from, of course, Green Bay, <laughs> yeah. uh, forever ago. Uh, let's talk a little Florida Gators right now. We're bringing our buddy Tate Casey, sideline reporter for the Florida Gators. And uh, we say hello. He's been all over the country this week. But we appreciate him uh, stopping in for a few minutes on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Morton Austin Lane. What's up, man? Not much. What's going on, fellas? Hey, uh, not going. We're just at a little hockey game, uh, getting ready for the puck to drop tonight for the uh, Jacksonville Icemen uh, in the ECHL playoffs. But uh, football season is over from a spring standpoint in Gainesville. Uh, what did you take away from the spring, and, and what are you keeping an eye on as you head now into the summer and the fall? You know, I think the the, the main takeaway for me was the offense is it's pretty much exactly where you'd expect it to be if those guys went through a full winter workout program doing exactly what they were supposed to. Um, <laughs> Felipe Franks looked sharp. Um, wide receiver core looked exactly where I'd hoped they'd be in terms of progression. Um, you got a group of running backs with Malik Davis finally joining back in the backfield and Damian Pierce, and even getting Kadarius Tony involved. Um, and then outside of that, you got you know three to four capable tight ends that can be dangerous threats in their own ways. Um, especially with Kyle Pitts, um, who's kind of that hybrid guy you can put out wide, and in which they did. Uh, so very excited to see that offense and, and how it was progressing through the spring workouts. What have you seen from their offensive line? And granted, I get it, the spring, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, but I'm sure you kind of have a sense of how well they're gelling together because they are replacing some key cogs that, you know, have gone on to the NFL draft and um, – and stuff like that. So what, what have you seen from the offensive line so far? Because going forward, it's going to be an important piece for them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think if, if anybody else was at the helm other than John Hefferson, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Uh, but, but I'll tell you this, Austin, the one thing that I saw is you've got a group of young guys, um, some of which have only been there for, for you know, one year, um, who seem to work well together, the communication, the small stuff, and, and a lot of the footwork and the, and the, um, the things you look at as a coach. They're all there. You know, you've got some willing guys up front. It's going to take a little bit. You know, the next four months is going to be pretty key for that offensive line to get back to where they were last year. And that's really one of the things that I'm looking for in, in the next level of progression over the next, you know, summer workouts and, and two-a-days. But you're absolutely right. I think offensive line right now would be the only question on the offensive side of the ball um, and who's going to protect Felipe Franks up front. Tate Casey with us, sideline reporter for the Florida Gators, former Florida Gator, of course, as we catch up uh, with the Gators. They ended spring ball uh, last week with the annual orange and blue game. I do think, Tate, that the Gators have to be a little bit careful here, and I think this is part of me that just kind of lived this with the Jaguars. 2017 was so fun. 2018 was (laughs) not, and so maybe I'm scarred, but... I do think a lot of things went well for the Gators last year, and, and that's why they probably surpassed expectation. I'm not saying they got lucky. I don't think that's part of it. You make your own breaks, but you do get breaks sometimes during the season, and then there's other times like last year here, Jaguars played 16 offensive linemen. Everybody got hurt. Those are not breaks. So right. there, there's a sense, is there any sense that, okay, listen, we ride the momentum. We feel good about what's going on. But there's still a reset button that you have to hit, and nothing matters from a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with a coach like Dan Mullen, that 
that button was hit, you know, as the clock struck midnight after that, that Peach Bowl win. Um, you know, I can tell you how, from a program standpoint, and, and being a, a branch off of the Urban Meyer coaching tree, Dan Mullen's not going to let these guys get complacent. Um, I know Nick Savage is not going to let these guys get complacent in the off-season program. You know, he's done a tremendous job. Um, I know what he wants to leave as his legacy as a strength coach. I know what his motor looks like when he's going 100 miles an hour. And you can start to see these guys, you know, a year later, everybody's bought in. I don't think there's any question of the buy-in level now. I think the biggest thing is you got to take it to the next next level. You know, these guys went to Florida to win championships. They didn't go to get, you know, 10-3 and in a Peach Bowl win. Obviously, that's a huge step in the progression of where they want to go. But as the season progresses, as the off-season progresses, as you get into these summer workouts, now it's really key. you got spring ball behind you. You kind of know where you stand on the depth chart as of right now. But that is ever-changing in a, in a big-time college football program. And Austin can attest to that, and a lot of players who played Power 5 football can attest that if you don't show up in summer and you don't show up in off-season workouts and you don't go to class and you don't do everything you're supposed to to be a better student-athlete, your job can be taken any day. Um, and, and I'm sure the story of Wally Pipp will come to mind for a lot of people. The day you don't show up may be the day you never play again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right on the money. Now, listen, Austin over here shaking his head like, listen, we just rolled out the ball in Racerland. Easy. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. It's going to be one of those days, but okay. Austin, so Austin, it, man. get off you. It's Friday. Everybody's supposed That's to love you. That's what I'm saying, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting up with all his hijinks. He's trying to set up cameras and get, like, better complexions with this bright light in my face. Like, he's off the charts right now. I'm putting up with it. But uh, I'll tell you what, he's, 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 he's going to Nashville for the draft. He's not taking me with, man. I'm 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 on my wits end here. I'm gonna be honest. I'm on bet, my wits I bet end. I think somebody doing makeup too if I had the nice. <laughs> oh, absolutely, without a doubt about it. <laughs> Camera ready at all times. Camera ready all times. <laughs> hey Tate, we we look at um, you guys talked offensive line. You know, we we look at the quarterback situation. Give me something else that nobody's looking at, or not nobody, but like th- two or three takeaways from that spring game. You're like, hey, you probably should keep your eye on this or talk more about this. Did anything fancy you that way coming off that Saturday game or the entire spring? Yeah, I think a couple of things for me. Um, you know, last year going into the season, everybody wanted to talk about Felipe Franks. That was a hot topic in the summer. That was a hot topic in two days. You know, the quarterback battle at Florida. And, and, man, we've had so many issues in the last few years. What in the heck's Mullen going to be able to do? And my biggest thing last year was I think it was all on the wide receivers. You know, if you want to take the heat off a quarterback that's a young guy and he's going to have a developmental phase with a, with a new coach, you've got to be able to have receivers that can beat man coverage in the SEC, that can get open, that can take some heat off of him and make his life a little bit easier, as well as an offensive line. This year going into the recruiting season, I think the biggest focus was we are very light uh, in the interior defensive line. And then, of course, with the loss of O'Shawn Joseph and a couple of guys on the, on the defensive side of the football, what is that going to look like season number two? And what I'm looking for really going into two days and what I saw in the spring game is a lot of people saying that the safeties, you know, the safeties are going to be a concern because there were so many deep balls and, and wide receivers had a field day uh, in, in, you know, in the game. Uh, I don't think that's going to be as much of a concern. You know, we've got a lot of young DBs, freshmen, sophomores, redshirt freshmen, all back. We've got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Kerry Campbell inside at defensive tackle position is going to be one to keep your eye on. I think Ventrell Miller is going to be a stud, um, along with uh, with Zach Carter and uh, Moon. 
um, on the edge. So we're going to have some some edge rushers that are going to fill that void. But I'm really looking forward to you know Ventrell Miller and Dave Reese having having a great year next year uh, at linebacker position. That's awesome. Good stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, take Casey with us. We'll keep him for another minute or so. Uh, Jawan Taylor could be a guy the Jacksonville Jaguars get. Uh, offensive lineman, right tackles especially, not really the sexiest pick. Anything you noticed, anything uh, you could get people excited about, about Jawan Taylor? I will say this. After pro day, I went down there uh, with so many others and talked to him and saw him and I actually got a little bit excited about the right tackle. I mean, the guy is solid as a rock. He looks yeah, motivated. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's big. He's he big. looks like he's figured I mean, it out, Tate. I mean, what, what can you tell us a little bit more about him from being around him uh, the last year or so? You know, good kid. You talk to you talk to coaches. You talk to strength coaches. You know, with Nick Savage, and, and his name was a guy that, that that would pop up in conversation as you know the guy who always showed up and get it done. Um, the one thing I'll say is. He's one of those guys that, you know, he may not be sexy in terms of somebody marketing him for the draft or, you know, hey, you, this guy's just an animal. He's one of those guys that shows up and he's a dog. And what I mean by that is he shows up and he, he mauls people and he's got a motor on him. He wants to get the job done. And I think when you watch him on the sidelines after, you know, certain plays, if he made a mistake, he's that first person that wants to correct that mistake and go out the next series and make sure that everybody's, you know, he wants to hold that accountability. So he, he's, he's definitely coming from a coach who's coached a lot of offensive linemen. He's coming from a place that obviously in the last 10 years has had a lot of offensive linemen go pro. Um, but I think Juwan Taylor will have a successful career in the NFL, assuming that he stays with that mentality and stays healthy. What do you attribute to Juwan Taylor really, I guess, having the you know the, the rise of going up to the draft boards? Because going into the preseason this past year for the Gators, I mean, he wasn't a guy that was really talked about a lot. And then um, no, now, was, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of like the premier right tackle everyone's talking about. So what do yeah, you attribute he, to that? He wasn't. I think a lot of it comes from just the, uh, the, the, the chip on his shoulder. I think that, one, his technique got a lot better. You know, I think when you inject John Havasey into a, an offensive lineman room, the one thing that he's going to preach and he's going to harp on every single hour of the day is going to be technique. Um, and he does a very good job of getting his guys, and he's coached a lot, of, a lot of players that had huge potential into taking that next step to becoming a premier player on the offensive front. And I think that Jawan Taylor's one of them. Um, I'm not saying that he wasn't coached before that, but I will say that there was a lot of, was a lot of pride taken in his craft. He definitely, you know, learned how to become a student of the game learned situational play, and he did a really good job in terms of footwork and, and technique. And that really, that's usually what gets offensive linemen from being just a big-body guy who has the potential to play in the NFL. Um, when you combine that with a successful season of putting guys on the ground and doing a great job on the offensive front, that's what changes you from being just another offensive lineman to being a serious contender for you know first, second-round kick. Yeah, absolutely, and not to mention, and I think they would have found Juwan Taylor either way, but that offensive line had a lot of success last year. This football team had a lot of success last year. They opened some eyes and certainly got in front of probably more scouts than maybe they would have if they were just middle of the pack once again. So I, I don't know if he benefited from that, but he certainly was an anchor to a really good offensive line last year, one that I think exceeded a lot of expectation that had to help his stock too. Well, yeah, and I'd have to think, you know, in the SEC, when you're playing better, obviously you're getting more exposure. You're getting better TV slots, and you're playing in big-time games. Florida's Florida schedule is never weak by any stretch of the imagination. I think last year, obviously, with a lot of hype around the program with Dan Mullen in his first year, um, 
that brought a lot of attention to the team. Uh, but when you watch some of the games, especially some of the road games they played in against good opponents, um, playing well in those games always does it, you know, does it for you. If you're not getting viewed by scouts and you're playing against, you know, the LSUs of the world and the Georgias of the world, and you're playing great in those games, win or lose, you're going to get exposure. And I think for Jawan Taylor, you know, he, he was he was fortunate enough to have good games against good opponents, and I think that definitely opened up uh, some some exposure. You, you also mentioned, obviously, he had a new coach in the room that really kind of brought out the best of him, and um, he made a big progression from there. But my question to you then is what really happened with Martez Ivy? Because he was the guy that kind of had all the accolades going into the 2018 season and um, still a guy that can have a pretty successful NFL career, but it seemed like he kind of dropped off a little bit from, from his play uh, this past season. What do you attribute to that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that... – Tez, when you look at him, he looks the part, right? I mean, if you stood next to Martez Ivy, he's, you know, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I mean, big body, big build. He looks like the prototypical NFL offensive lineman. Um, but there's a lot that goes in that. I mean, you know, sometimes some guys that do everything right versus other guys that sometimes are a jack of all and a master of nothing, uh, which I'm not <laughs> labeling him as that, sometimes guys just can't put it all together uh, to where it looks as sexy on film. Um, Martez Ivy is a guy who gets the job done. Um, make no mistake about it, he's a good offensive lineman. I think Martez Ivy can play in the league for, for a while as well. But, you know, I don't know if it's – you know how it is, um, Austin. I can tell you, I mean, there's, there's plenty of scouts that, that bypass great players of the year um, that <laughs> yeah. may have to take the long, the long route, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's just a matter of what the scheme is and what fits best for that player, and, and maybe it's not always a, a right fit for the team that's looking at him too. Amen to that. Yeah, Tate Casey, uh, former Gator, sideline reporter for the Florida Gators. Thanks for checking in, man. And, uh, hey, we're rooting for your position. I'd like the Jags to take a tight end. I mean, I know you're not available, but T.J. Hawkinson, something I, like that. I wish, <laughs> wish you would have said that about 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, might have. hey go, strap on the skates? Hey, Austin, get him to strap on the skates tonight. Is he shoveling the ice with oh, you? Oh, <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of needs to, right? It would be embarrassing, they, really. Would do they have any? Do they have any quad quad skates just to make sure to keep him out? <laughs> oh no, oh no, we're gonna get him on a pair of blades, and he's gonna have to deal with it because I have to deal with this light in my face right now for the next two hours. So, hey, hey thank, yeah. thank hey, you for uh, taking some time for us. Have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you on the golf course. All right, fellas, have a good one. Thanks, Tate. All right, man. Take KC uh, joining us. Uh, always good on the Florida Gators. Love catching up with him. He's been all over the place, so we appreciate him taking uh, a, a little bit of time. Hey, you know, one thing he brought up, too, about Jawan Taylor, keep in mind he played against a guy like Brian Burns, who's also going to be a top 15 pick yeah. from Florida State. It always helps to have the tape, you know, going against other top 15 guys. Top we time. saw it yesterday, right? Bowles, Hunter Barco against Tyler Callahan from Providence, that baseball game we were mm-hmm. at. Well, you know who had a huge day yesterday? Who's that? Bowles might have won the game, but Tyler Callahan went two for two with a home run against Barco. Damn, and he's also yeah. considered a, a possibly a first-round pick. In this Stock's upcoming. going up. You it know has what to go I mean? up by now. So, but yeah. people love that. Like the scouts came. I was told later, scouts came to that game because they wanted to see Callahan against a guy like Barco. Yeah. You know, so it's the same thing. Burns going against Taylor. You know, how do you do? They really look at those tapes. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can thrive in those things, your stock really starts to go up. So we'll see what happens uh, with Juwan Taylor. Can I ask, uh, just get off a little off topic here, but what is it with the Martinos hitting on Murray State all the time? Is, is there is like a personal vendetta I don't know about? What's going on here? Uh, maybe, yeah. Okay, because I Googled Ashland, and in the first 30,000 searches, I couldn't find Ashland University. I then typed in Ashland University, and Google said, do what now? 
So I don't want to hear any more about Murray State, Brent. All right. Uh, check out Ashland College. It used to be. Ashland oh, okay. I'll look that up then and we'll see hey, what we can do. Jalen Ramsey's rebuttal to Tom Coughlin's words yesterday next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to the Iceman game as they get ready to rock and roll and more people file into the arena. Uh, for tonight's uh, Game 4 ECHL playoffs against the Everblades. And I don't mean people in terms of fans. Gates don't open until 6 o'clock, but there's a lot of folks <laughs> doing work, setting up, and uh, ready to go for tonight's uh, playoff game, which should be a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun yesterday. How's the crowd, by the way? Playoff hockey oh, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, w- it was electric to say the least. I mean, in the span of, I think, 12 seconds, there were two goals scored for the Icemen, and... Um, the top blew off the place, really. It That's was, awesome. It was fantastic. I'm, you know, we're all hitting the glass and everything. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's no other sport where you can do that. Where you can just literally, as hard as you want, hit the glass and getting, you know, getting people's faces. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a cool atmosphere. I'm so all you about were, it. you were hitting the glass? I was hitting the glass. I was talking smack to the goalie. I was high-fiving the crowd. It was just uh, you were into a it. solid atmosphere. I mean, yeah, that, man, come on. How could you not be into that's it? That's a pretty big uh, reaction from a guy just cleaning the ice. Well, I, I, I mean, hey. When I when I haven't cleaned the ice, they haven't won a playoff game. When I have cleaned the ice, Brent, <laughs> one and one. So I'm not saying I have something to do with it, yeah, but well, well, one for it's, one. It's not hurting. That's right. You know, and I was actually a little afraid of that stigma because on ESPN 690 night they lost. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, if they lose again, they might never invite us back. Jinx, yeah. No, but uh, they got the win, and now looking for looking good. to even the series tonight against the Florida Everblades. Seven o'clock puck drops here at the arena. Jacksonville Iceman, this place will be rocking. Uh, President Bob Arablo uh, will join us in just a little bit to talk about the game and about what this means uh, really for the uh, franchise and how much it can kind of boost you, uh, mm-hmm. not even just for this season, but maybe going forward as well. Okay, Tom Coughlin's been a big story. Well, now Jalen Ramsey does respond. We told you about 45 minutes ago about the tweet Ramsey said, and uh, we had the Bold City Brigade on and, and talked a little bit about it, but let's dive into it now a bit more and Coos, I don't know again remember I'm blocked on Twitter <laughs> uh, by Jalen Ramsey you so sure if you are. can uh, enlighten us on the tweet yes uh, what exactly Ramsey said and how he responded uh, let's uh, give it to the folks just joining us well in case uh, for you Brent and anybody else that might be blocked by Jalen I did take a screenshot and I tweeted it from our Instagram ESPN 690 Jack so you can see it there um, so you can see, you know, if there's any tone that I'm I'm putting in wrong or not. Uh, he sure tweeted he, he tweeted back fully aware and voluntary, meaning I don't have to be there. But they know the exact reasons I'm not. My teammates know it's all love, and I know I'll be ready when it's time. 100 emoji. Okay, so again, I want to go back through this because I do think it's a bit cryptic, which is similar. You know, it's not. Uh, that's Jalen at times. I mean, I think yeah. he can be cryptic. Uh, yeah. See, you don't think it's cryptic. No. I don't, when, I, he, when he says they, don't, they know why I'm not there, all right, well, you think he's talking about training with that. Yeah, I mean, let so, me go ahead and see what words are capitalized here, and let me go ahead and analyze this thing to the best of my abilities. Brent, keep talking. Okay, but because it, is it fair to at least assume or say or wonder that he is talking about I mean, listen now, this guy's been pretty vocal about, I want to get paid. I do mm-hmm. want to get paid. So he's not up to get paid necessarily. He, he won't get paid until after this season, in my view. That's kind of the way the, the clock ticks in the mm-hmm. NFL and the way his contract sets up. But is there any part of this that says, hey, I want to get paid now? And I told you that last year. Um, I, I've done my job. Let's not wait around for this. And is that what 
I could interpret out of him saying they know why I'm not here. I, I mean, that's looking into it. One could say that. I think Jalen knows the deal, though. He understands how the salary cap works, and he understands that it's not his time. I mean, as I'm doing the, you know, Austin Lane Twitter analysis, he capitalized uh, exact <laughs> reasons. So, I mean... To me, honestly, so I he capitalized is, exact reasons. There you go, right here, Brent. I can uh, see it. Brent, Brent's, Brent's like is, a psycho ex-girlfriend who oh. just found out her, you know, her ex-boyfriend's back on Facebook. <laughs> this and is so he's, nice he's to see. He's taking someone else's phone. Can I just see a peek of it quick? And his yeah, agent, by the way, says. To be clear, Jalen Ramsey is exactly where Jalen should be during his offseason. He's spending time with his young daughter and family while training in his hometown, Nashville. In addition, the Jags are fully aware of why he's not taking part in the voluntary program. So that's what his agent said. And then he quotes, fully aware and voluntary, meaning I don't have Which in capital letters to, to be there, but capital letters. They know the exact reasons, capital letters. I am not. My teammates know it's all capital letters love and i know i'll be ready and know i'll be ready when it's time he's talking to tom cough without talking to tom cough this is like forensic evidence right here i can't believe that we just broke down a tweet it's jalen ramsey i just said i just said i'm gonna gonna give my phone back sir i I feel like you're not gonna give my phone back now i think i want your twitter handle so i can (laughs) creep in on jalen ramsey's tweets from now on let's talk more about it happy hour horn and more football conversation next on espn Settle down that you found a girl and you're mm. married now. Yep. Brent, you okay right now, man? Do uh, you want to dance? No, I mean, I want to know that you're okay from grabbing myself with that kung fu grip over Jalen Ramsey on Twitter, man. I saw a side you never saw before, man. Like, you wouldn't give my cell phone back. I told you, Jalen, there's a way. I will find out. I will see your tweets. Yeah. But it's it's literally like you're dealing with an ex-girlfriend where you want to see everything. You're scrolling back from like a year ago. Well, I mean, heck, it's uh, been a while. I haven't seen the Jalen Ramsey <laughs> tweet in a long time. So... Oh. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 real. Like yeah, that was the I first you, time man. I'd actually seen a tweet that wasn't like sent to me by somebody. <laughs> Do you think that it gets to the point where you have to transfer to a different NFL city and you have to move the family just because uh, the whole Jalen Ramsey Twitter beef? Uh, yeah, I don't. It, you know, it's funny is I don't really think it's a beef. I mean, I like Jalen. Okay. I, I don't think he has that much of a beef with me. He just no. hasn't had the time, I guess. Yeah. He's working too hard in Nashville to unblock me. There you go. <laughs> and, and we'll put it at that. <laughs> and by the way, you better watch what you say. He'll block you too. I don't follow him, so we're all good. But I'm gonna have to start following. I guess a lot more Jaguar players. I mean, I don't follow. How do you yeah. follow the king? That's a good point, man. Well, don't put me on blast now, like, trying to get me blocked. Because if I get blocked, you're screwed, man. Well, that's right. I mean, yeah. but at least you can do is follow him so we know what's I'm going like on with Jalen. Okay, I'll, I'll give him a follow. I don't follow yeah. too many people, but I'll make an exception for you, bro. We have to monitor I know. his whereabouts. I feel like I'm the, I'm the middle man right now. I don't like it, but all right. Uh, let's go to South Beach, Gary. He's on the line. <laughs> Brent Martin, Austin Lane here at the Iceman game. Coos back in the studio. Playing all the hits. Now we got Adele. Nicely done. Bringing us in. We got a little uh, happy hour horn by Vita <laughs> DeLuis coming up in just a moment. But uh, let's go South Beach, Gary, first. What you got, man? Good afternoon, guys. You know, this clown you had on a little while ago, go down to Miami to your five and whatever team. May I remind him Miami's won two Super Bowls, including the perfect season, and played in three others. And you know how many Super Bowls was Jackson played in? Squat! 
Squad. South Beach Garrow. Oh, he took offense to that from uh, at Pat Drinks from the Bold City yeah. Brigade. When you got a resume that goes to the Dolphins, then run your run your yapper, okay? Hey, what's, uh, what's the last what's the last time Dolphins made the playoffs? Seriously. Uh, Gase's rookie first year as coach. Oh, he, so he did that year, and then prior to that, was it the when Parcells took over? No, as the executive guy? Tony Sperano. Sp- that's what I'm saying, Spar- but Parcells was in the front office. Right. But, yeah, so I think... you know, when you got a resume as big goes to the Dolphins, bold, bold city, big mouth, then, then run your yapper. Hey, uh, Austin, who do you like yeah, in the fight got? between Cro- Crawford and Collin coming up? Uh... Fantastic question. I was going to get, get that a little bit later, but uh, go ahead and give me Crawford, TKO in the seventh. Um, the thing with Amir Khan is that he comes out fast. You know, I mean, that showed against Canelo, uh, and Canelo obviously one of the best boxers in the world. Khan had him against the ropes the first couple rounds, and he got knocked out. So I think Terrence Crawford, too athletic, too fast, um, has too much technique for Khan. But don't be surprised if Khan puts it on in the first couple rounds. And Austin, I don't want you to feel left out. No more hemming and hawing. I want your pick at seven. And guys, happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter, happy Easter, Easter man. Gary. Uh, I want Hawkinson. Well, I'm going to be honest, Gary. If I had it my way, I want Fan. I, I think Fan is going to be the guy. But um, I want a tight end because Nick Foles mentioned that by name. I'm all about making the quarterbacks happy. Brent sometimes thinks we cater too much to their feelings. I don't care. Uh I want to make St. Nick happy going to his first year. Go ahead and give me a tight end, Hawkinson or Fant. All right. Uh, I like it. By the way, I mean, this has been, a, at times, a um, a show that got a little out of hand. I mean, you called Dan Orlovsky a playboy. Yeah. At, at one and time. The, and I'll call you one, too, if you make and me South Beach enough. Gary just called out the Bold City Brigade, which is, yeah. uh, let's just hope one thing. If South Beach Gary's on Twitter, yeah, they'll find him. Oh, yeah. And look out. And they'll come in numbers. And they will come in numbers. Yep. It will be relentless. Yep. But um, have Pat a good weekend, talking Gary. to you, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's 5 o'clock here on a Friday. Oof, weather's not good, but you know what? That's okay. The happy hour horn is good enough on a Friday, and, well, it's great on a Friday. Oh, yeah, we got one at the arena, too. Oh, yeah, a little yeah. half-hour at the arena, man. Very I made nice. all the phone the calls. Yeah, I mean, Brent, I pretty much just, work here now. They just horned you know? us in. Well, I pretty much work here. I do all the jobs here, so well, it's we, all good. Well, we do that, and Coos has one, too. Yeah, there. Uh, go and uh, grab some of the boys there, and go on get some sticks on the ice. You know what I'm saying? This one's for the boys. This one's for the icemen. Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. Yeah, there. Hey, that's all. That's all I heard when I was skating with the icemen uh, yesterday morning, and I loved it because it reminds me of Wisconsin. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love my favorite one, by the way, to say it like uh, is a boat. A boat. Oh, a yeah. boat. And you know what the best was, too? So I was with Alex, you know, and Alex kind of set us up here today. He's, he's fantastic. He works with the Iceman and got me situated. And uh, Alex knew a bunch of guys from the Florida Everglades. And um, and I forgot the guy's name, but he'd be like, hey, Kyle, good to see you. He's like, oh, Kyle, you lost some, like, every one of these guys, like, lost some teeth. He's like, oh, I see you lost about two teeth. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I got 
took a puck to the face, you know. So yeah. it's just uh, it's just funny. Like these guys don't care. I mean, they're missing teeth. Um, they're they're just they're battled and bruised, and it's just it's something beautiful. Lost a couple of chicklets. Lost. Uh, a I love a boat chicklets. in uh, uh, um, Manitoba. Oh yeah, Manitoba. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Vita De Louis bringing you the happy hour horn each and every day on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jacks Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita De Louis tequila this weekend. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLouis.com. Find Vita De Louis in your favorite bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. Must be at least 21 to drink. And, of course, drink responsibly. Hockey game coming up. Baba Roblo, the president of the Jacksonville Iceman, will call. Uh, will come on in just a little bit and talk about uh, the excitement around game number four of the ECHL playoffs. Let's put a bow on the Jalen Ramsey stuff, okay, mm-hmm. because it obviously is, is getting some attention. Do you think this hurts the relationship with Jags, front office, and Ramsey with Players potentially, Ramsey with Doug Marone and Ramsey. It's you have these things at times, right? But in the NFL, in sports, it plays out in front of people, in the public eye, and so the responses go back and forth, and everybody sees it. See, my view on it is, and your business that you're listening, and you're just coming home from work, and these things happen, you know, and maybe a couple people hear about it. Well, in their business. We all know about it. We all hear about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes feelings get hurt, and I do think uh, frustration festers a little bit. So you got to be careful about that, especially with a guy with the bravado of Jalen Ramsey, the game of, of uh, Jalen Ramsey, the ego. And I say all these things in a good way. It helps him out on the football field. But do, are we at the just at the brink, just at the beginning of a potential problem with Jalen Ramsey and some others inside that building? I don't know Jalen personally. I've interacted with him a couple times. I've trained at the same gym as him a little bit. But the way that this has come out with Coughlin, call, you know, calling him up and not calling him out, it's not a good look on the Jacksonville Jaguars part, especially when you're talking about your, your probably your biggest star on the team in Jalen Ramsey because maybe this isn't a, like a, like a big deal where people think, ah, it's just it's a little thing. I mean, Coughlin said something, but you have to remember, and this is the way I feel like Jalen and a lot of players operate. Jalen's going to make a note of what Coughlin said, and he's going to put that, you know, like in his in, in his mind. He may, may put it on the back burner for the season or whatever, but I guarantee when it's his time and to start talking contracts or re-upping or whatever, he's going to think about that, what happened with Coughlin. And it's going to go against the Jaguars. And Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people will agree with me uh, that are fans of the team, that is a guy that you do not want to lose for a few reasons. Number one, he's a guy that you drafted. He's a guy that's come through the system that you developed. So you don't don't want to lose him for that reason. But number two, and with all respects to the mayor of Saxonville, Jalen Ramsey is the biggest star on the team. And that's from not only, I feel, a talent standpoint, but also just a marketing standpoint. Um, and like I said, nothing, nothing against Clayus Campbell. I mean, that guy is fantastic. He's a fantastic leader, probably even a better leader than Jalen is. But, you know, I mean, he's, he's a quiet guy. Jalen's the guy that is going to put the team on the map. If the team does well, he already he's the has. Guy that, okay, AJ Green exactly. fight, his play, his words. Exactly. He has put Jacksonville and, on the map. And he's at a position where he's on an island. You know, it, it's always him. And the guy believes in himself so much that it's almost like he can't lose. Like, he's not going to lose. He's not going to lose those matchups. So. 
with all that being said, if this counts against Jalen re-signing to Jacksonville, it's it's a nightmare because that's a guy that you cannot afford to lose. And I understand Coffin's trying to do things a certain way. He's got a certain philosophy. And I said it yesterday, Brent, and I'm going to say it again. All good businesses, they have one thing in common where the upper management can relate to the players. And I said it yesterday, I'm saying it again. I'm questioning right now with the way the Jaguars are built if there are some issues, if there are some problems with upper management having a hard time relating to their workers a la their players. At the end of the day, by the way, if the Jags put a lot of money in front of Jalen Ramsey, it won't be a problem, okay, at the end of the day, uh, whenever that happens. It might be contentious getting there, but a lot of money will win the day. John Phillips is on the line right now. I think uh, if he still is, let's welcome him on the show. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to critique your skating and the job you did last night during Uh-oh. his sponsored segment yes. during the Iceman game. Yes. Or if he's going to talk about this Ramsey Coughlin situation. But let's find out. What's up, man? I'm I'm full on complimentary. It was there was <laughs> butter left on the ice. Austin was so smooth uh, wearing the oh. wearing the four. I appreciate it, man. Not enough O's and smooth to describe it. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it so was, he wore the four so well, right? He wore he, he did, wore it so, well. Scott with the Iceman told me that he that he was trying to talk him out of his jersey and uh, said, well, we've got these we've got these T-shirts from, from one of our sponsors. He's like, oh, John, okay, he's my sponsor too. We're good. Oh, yeah, it was all good. Yep, it was all gravy, man, <laughs> after that. All you had to say was John Phillips, and I'm, I'm on board. So Such a good <laughs> That's game. That's awesome. Obviously, uh, you've done a good job supporting the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp across the street. You're right on the dugout there, and you, you're doing this here at the Jacksonville Iceman. I know you brought the kids last night. Did they have a blast? How fun was it? Super blast! So, so we were we were on the ice over over by the suites, and we got a body check right in front of my 18 month old. And it wasn't the body <laughs> check that made him cry; it was the fact he dropped his baba. And all the parents <laughs> next to us were like, "Your kid's crying! Like, don't put your kid on the glass." I'm like, "My kid sits on the glass. He's fine. It's the baba." <laughs> I'm like, "It's okay. Let's get his baba, and we're good." Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You've seen what's gone yeah. down the last couple of days. Uh, do you think, and, and I know this might, this isn't really along the lines of, I don't think we have to get uh, lawyers involved so much, Let's hope but not. From, from an NFL and NFLPA and CBA, Tom Coughlin's comments yesterday, do you think uh, this could result in a breach of something, a some kind of penalty for the Jaguars? It's headed in that direction. I mean, you know, sticks and stones may break the bones, but, but words will never necessarily breach the NFLPA. Um, we, we haven't reached that yet. Coughlin knows the rules. Um, he, he just, he just kind of runs with that, that, that antiquated iron fist. Um, and, you know, I loved, I, I love the ex-girlfriend analogy with the, with the, with the cell phone. I was listening to oh, that, man. laughing in my car. But, uh, but you know, I don't think it it gets to that point where where we're going to have a grievance. But you know, Jalen gets a few months off with his family. Blake Blake trained in California. Um, you know, nobody really said much about that. In fact, we were all kind of relieved he wasn't at the bars here. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the Duval House is becoming a thing. I'm just waiting until the next time it is part of the state of the franchise presentation. I know it, it, the the property value might be increasing. I, I, uh, I I'm I'm kind of happy that somebody didn't pay their taxes and we got it. But uh, but yeah, we got it. We got to work on that side of the stadium. Um, I, I know we're we're getting it ready. We we were very excited to see the the, the calendar and kind of map out. Uh, what games? Because we usually throw parties with charities, 
um, and, you know, certainly get you and Austin out there and have some fun. Yeah, we can't wait to do the show from there. We're going to do it. We said it. We're going to do the show from the Duval House uh, coming up uh, at some point, probably most likely as we point toward uh, the fall. But uh, thanks for supporting the Iceman and and the skate by Austin. I'm glad it was approved by you. Totally approved. We'll see you guys shortly. All right. uh, John Phillips checking in. And uh, I like you getting compliments on this. I mean, even though I rib you for everything, it's nice that everybody else is nice. Did you expect anything less, Brent? I said I was a good (laughs) skater. I was going to back it up, man. So uh, you're you're acting surprised. Like, I I didn't put on for ESPN 690. Hey, uh, one thing, I think John just brought something up. Tom Coughlin knows the rules. I I covered uh, Coughlin when I lived in New York in Albany. They would come up for the training camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where they did it for a while. They don't do it anymore, but they used to do it. And the Giants would. Um, and there was a big thing going on at that time where Michael Strahan and others were filing grievances against him as the head coach for yeah. some of the the actions. You right? Some of the things, this isn't in the CBA. We're hitting too many times or we're practicing too much. Or So he's always been on that edge a little bit at times and not afraid to push that edge uh, to a degree. And you know what? That creates good things sometimes. I mean, he won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants, but I do remember succinctly there was a battle going on between Coughlin and especially Strahan. He was the face of it for the Giants. That would have been around... Oh, I would say somewhere around 2004-ish, 2005, yeah, so 2006. That's, that's over 12 years ago, and, and, and we're talking about it now. So that tells me, and I'll say it one more time, I mean, nothing against Tom Coughlin. I have nothing but respect for the guy. And Brent, I think I... I do agree with him. I have a lot of old school philosophies when it comes to the game of football. I want you to run the ball. I want you to stop the run. Those are old school philosophies. But in terms of leading a team, in terms of being a coach or upper management, you either have to adapt or you have to go. It's just the way it is. You you can't rule with an iron fist. This is not a dictatorship. Okay, so you can't treat it like that because eventually the players are going to revolt and it's not going to be pretty. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and where does it lead us, by the way, in the new CBA down the road, which is going to happen in the next year, two years, all those conversations are already taking place. Uh, this may be an example in one of those cases. We'll be back with Bob Arabo, the president of the Jacksonville Iceman, on a big night here at the arena for the Iceman, Game 4 of the ECHL playoffs. Stay with us on ESPN 690. We got playoff hockey in Jacksonville tonight, Friday night, Jacksonville, Florida. The weather is, well, you wouldn't want to go outside, so come on inside and watch a little hockey. The Jacksonville Iceman against the Florida Everblades at a huge game, swing game, 2-1. to one. Everblades lead the series. They won two down there in South Florida, and now they come up last night, and, well, the Icemen get them back, 4-3 winners here at home in front of, uh, well, more than 6,500 fans, another big crowd expected tonight and then of course tomorrow will be game number five seven o'clock saturday night right here at veterans memorial arena brent martino austin lane austin lane the now part-time employee of the jacksonville iceman along with my boss over here yes we'll call. Is, so be good now yeah, i will listen I will. you got away with a lot of stuff on this show but it's time to be good <laughs> best behavior uh, <laughs> jacksonville iceman president Bob Arablo joins us right now, and you guys have to be pretty fired up after last night. Just the idea of entertaining a game or two games of the playoffs. Well, now you get three here at home. You know, you're right. Uh, first of all, before I get into that, 
Austin, we want to offer you a contract as a player. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you moving nets around. Your size, oh, forget about it. I mean, I, I'm just saying, though, man, I, I probably wore skates for about two hours last night, and my feet were killing me, so I'm not sure how much I can do for you as a player, but I appreciate the offer. No, no, it was a great night here last night. You know, it was nice. But the games in Florida were really close. We lost in overtime in the first game yeah. uh, and, and had the lead. Um, and then the second game, we had a couple of bad plays in the in the first period, got us behind, almost caught up, but uh, then they scored an empty net goal. So, uh, you know, uh, last night was incredible. If you've never seen playoff hockey, these two teams are putting it all out there. You know, I have to say that about even Florida. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're playing the best team in the league right now uh, in the playoffs. And and uh, our goal now is, you know, we win tonight. We've eaten the series. Uh, we have another game at home. The nice thing about two-three-two, um, you know, format, and then uh, and then we'll go to uh, back to Florida for game six and and hopefully and, and seven. But uh, you know, I think now the the big difference between our team in in Florida last week and our team now is we got some some reinforcements back from Manitoba who missed the playoff spot in their last game, and you know, Florida came up Manitoba, against Manitoba, Bob. Yeah, Manitoba, Manitoba. Manitoba. And and they came up against uh, the Burden Wall. You know, our, our goalie is yeah. incredible. And, and if you fans want to see, A, great hockey, and B, a future NHL star, um, you know, it, it, the place to be is, is the arena. Yeah, and that's tonight, 7 o'clock, puck drops. Uh, still plenty of time to get here, but it's going to be a, a big crowd. It's going to be energy in here. And, and we saw it last night, and we're going to see it again tonight for the Jacksonville Icemen. How much do the, uh, the new guys coming over help? And, and this, to me, shows, and you let me know if I'm right or wrong, but it shows that there's commitment at the top uh, of, of the organization, uh, you know, with Winnipeg, that say, hey, we want you guys to do well. We want you guys to keep moving on. And I don't know if... Every affiliation always feels that way, but it certainly feels like your parent organization says, hey, we're going to help you out as much as we can. We're going to send some players down there and see if you guys can win this series. They do. You know, Winnipeg's a very special organization. They're, they're one of the tops in the NHL, um, but, you know, they, they've been with our coach for a long time before he even came here uh, working with him. They love, they love Jason Christie. Uh, and they've really shown a lot. They've had coaches down here all season long. They've had goaltending coaches here. They've had, you know, a lot of help. Um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries in Manitoba, so that kind of hurt us a little bit because uh, they, they pull up from us. But everything they've done has been very positive. Uh, and when, when they have hurt us a little bit, it's not because they wanted to. It's because they had to. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, this uh, it's still at the end of the day. It's awesome. It's fun. It, families come out. It's hockey. You want to win. Uh, and I've said this before. I think this is legit. You know, in some sports, let's call for, let's for lack of a better term, some secondary, not the NFL or the MLB or the NBA or the NHL, but some other sports in cities, I don't always think winning is super important to have a good time, to have, uh, you know, to, to get good business, to have a lot of people in the seats. I mean, I, I've said it before, the jumbo shrimp do really well, but I don't think everybody walks out of there with a head down if they lose. Yeah. Well, your sport's different. It's Winning and different. losing, the scoreboard really does matter, yeah. and especially when you can feel this, the energy in here. So let me ask you from an economic standpoint. This is still a business at the end of the day. How much does help making the playoffs and now getting a third game at home really help you guys and hopefully advancing and you go on and on and on it's huge you know when my partners and i put this together you you don't buy a sports team unless you want to win a cup if you don't want to win a cup then or a championship 
in another sport, then you really shouldn't own a sports team, okay? Um, so for us, it's important. For our fans, it's important. Uh, Ken Babby and I have had several conversations about it, and, and you know, he said baseball's more laid back. It's the slowest sport. It's, it's uh, the, the field is more, the seats are more spread out just mm-hmm. because of the configuration of the field. Here, the fans are focused on, on the ice. And if we play bad, they let us know, you know, and, 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 and that's great because that, that means they care. That means they, they have a passion, they care, they know who the other team is, they know guys on the other team, um, you know, and that doesn't always happen at minor league level, you know. Um, so it, it really is, uh, uh, we're, we're, we look at this as though we have the same pressure on us as if we were an NHL team to win. Mm-hmm. Bob, what is it about playoff hockey regardless if it's the nhl i mean i i've been telling brent i mean there's nothing quite like playoff hockey and watching it i don't care what the sport is and i don't even have a dog in, in, in the fight this year in the nhl playoffs but i'm still watching them my eyes are glued and you've seen what the city's done the city's come out in full force i mean last night was absolutely electric well you know when you guys scored two goals in the matter i think 13 seconds i mean i thought the top was going to blow off just what is it that makes it so special in playoff hockey the guy, it's the players. You know, the players take their game to the next level. And, and I think a perfect example of that in the NHL is, uh, is Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. For, you know, many years he played the same level, great level, but he played the same level regular season and in the playoffs. And then last year he realized, you know what, I, I've been doing this long enough now. Everybody else is going to elevate their game. I have to do the same thing. And he led them to the cup. And when you know, he, he was always a guy, too, that's getting a bunch of scrutiny for not leading him to a cup. You know, like that was yeah. his one thing on, on, his, on his thing. That no yeah, there's a rap sometimes against European players who's yeah. from Russia. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, that they, they, they're trained to be at their best all the way through mm-hmm. and even keeled. Um, you know, North American guys pick their games up. And, and, and Alexander Ovechkin and some of the other Eastern Europeans realize if you're going to play here, you've got to do the same thing. So, so the, the, it's just, and, and even t- into this league, the American League, it's just a different game. It's, it's different intensity. Um, not that it's not intense during the regular season, but, you know, you, you get behind a game or two. And you start to really worry. I know we were there last week, but yeah. <laughs> last night. So, yeah. you know, um, and and we're still worrying. You know, I mean, we got to win tonight. So, you know, that's uh, the intensity level just increases, and it makes it so much more entertaining for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and and there were fans in this building last night that knew nothing about hockey. You know, we know because we had some groups and stuff, but, <laughs> but they were they were into it. They yeah, were into it. Yeah, it is awesome. I mean, it's. it's a lot of people say there's nothing like it. There's nothing like playoff hockey. I mean, you can equate to it. You know, Austin played football. Preseason's totally different than the regular season. Oh, yeah. Regular season's totally different than the postseason. Yeah. I think in NASCAR, the final two laps of a race are a lot different than the first 198. But you can really feel it. It jumps off the TV. It jumps out at you if you're sitting in the stands. And it's really cool. Let me ask you one thing about the NHL because you're a hockey guy. How about the lightning going down, and how about <laughs> Calgary potentially going down? That's how unique the sport is, that and two Winnipeg. number one seeds could potentially go out. Yeah, and we're, we're concerned about Winnipeg. show you how much I know about hockey. I thought it was going to be the lightning against the Jets in the finals. So, you know, <laughs> and and uh, Winnipeg's still there, but they're down three games to two. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, again, who, who gets up the highest and the most? Um, I, I think too. goaltending is a big, big part of that. And that's why I'm so excited about our team, especially yeah. with Burden back. We have Burden, we have Appleby. There's no team in this league right now that has two better goaltenders than we do. 
um, and and probably not even one better goaltender than we have on both of them. So I think um, you know uh, again I think I think Tampa had some goaltending issues. Um, you know Columbus played hard. I give them credit, and they they work with us. So I'm I'm you know I'm a Tampa fan. But I was very happy for Columbus because they they've sent us players. As a matter of fact, Forte scored two goals last night. He's a he's a Columbus pl- uh, prospect. So that. you know, um, so I'm very excited about uh, about uh, Columbus. But I am shocked, quite honestly. Penguins out in four games. I mean, yeah, you wild. Know, and um, I have to ask you. So obviously, I feel like you're probably cheering for the Jets in the Western Conference. But in the Eastern Conference, you grew up an Islanders fan a little bit. I remember you talking to me. I did. Yeah. Is this the year the Islanders kind of turn it around and finally get to you know the Stanley Cup Finals? Um, well, I don't want to say that because I thought the, the <laughs> Tampa was going them. there too. Yeah, but, you don't want to jinx them. So, but I'll tell you what. Um, I, I, hats off to to Lou Lamarillo who yeah. took over as GM there, yeah. and to uh, Barry Trotz. I've known Barry since before he was a coach. And uh, and and those two guys just win wherever they go. They instill a, 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 a core a, 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 from the top down. They instill an atmosphere where it's all about winning. So I wouldn't count the Islanders out of a Stanley Cup final. They got a long way to go to get yeah. there, but um, but I think that they you know they'll they'll be they'll be tough with whoever they play. Lou Lamarillo, by the way, former Providence College. Guy. Oh, yeah. there you go. Right. There you go. They're going yeah, deep. Yeah. AD at Providence College. I have to ask you one one more thing here. I mean, big news today. Steve Steve Eiserman's going back to the Wings. How big is that to finally land him back in Detroit, um, where he grew up? You know, where where he played for so long, where he's literally the captain of that team. I'm amazed at how many people are surprised by that. I know. <laughs> I know. You actually also you know, been saying um, it's going to happen for a week. They've thrown him into the Rangers. They've thrown him into everybody. But yeah. but you know what? I'm so I'm so happy for the Detroit organization. Steve Eisenman is the Detroit Red Wings yeah. in the modern era of the Red Wings. And, you know, while the loss for the Tampa Bay, um, he, he's uh, he, he's going to take that team, and he's not going to do it overnight, but he's going to instill that same that same spirit that Lula Marillo I talked about with the Islanders installs. And, you know, it, 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 players are going to be proud to be Red Wings again because Steve Eisenman's there. Yeah, you just feel and, it. And a guy like that can flip an organization pretty quickly. Yeah, amazing, pretty amazing. How about that? Uh, Jacksonville Iceman team president, Bob Arablo, Iceman playing tonight, but he doubles as a hockey analyst here on Action Sports Jacks <laughs> on ESPN 690. Good luck well, tonight. Well, for 36 years. You yeah, know? I know. Yeah. Hey, you know you're going to pick up something. a little bit. Okay, <laughs> tonight, 7 o'clock, yes. big crowd expected. Come on down to the arena. And don't forget, tomorrow now, the Icemen have forced a game five regardless. Yes, 7 o'clock tomorrow. We want this place to be rocking. We know it's going to be rocking tonight. We didn't know about last, the next game until last night, so we really need people to come out. JacksIceman.com slash playoff, backslash playoffs, and uh, – and come out, you're gonna have a great time. You hope bring the whole family. Tickets are cheap, and and uh, you know it's the it's the best entertainment value around. We've got way a long way to go to catch. Like you have to make it to June for us to catch up to Austin Lane. But the playoff beard's in full force right <laughs> yeah, now. Listen, man, you know this isn't bad for a week and a half. But uh, <laughs> this, is the, this is the most I've ever had. But I was telling our I don't guys, know how to deal with it. And, and you know, I, was, I, I saw Mayor Curry last night. At the, he was here yeah, at the game, yeah. and, and he's got his uh, Iceman playoff beard going too. And oh, yeah. and uh, I think I'm doing a little better than he is with the beard. So you know, but yes, no, I'm, I, I appreciate everyone who's in Jacksonville, who's uh, who's following the mayor's directive, 
and growing a beard for um, for for the, for our you know solidarity for the Iceman. That's right. Playoff push continues tonight at seven o'clock. That's why we're here, of course. It's cool hanging out. Thanks for having us once again. Thanks. And uh, I love the way you guys are dressed. Yeah, yeah well, we much, appreciate man. jersey. Clear, By the way, I I know you've hired I know you've hired Austin Lane, but just can't work from three to six. No, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. we'll Bobby, Bob Aroplo, Jacksonville Weissman, come on out tonight. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. We'll be back on ESPN 6-9. guys. Hey, how about Monster Jam in May in Orlando? You want to go? We'll send you right now a couple of tickets to Monster Jam to give away. 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. We'll give a couple of tickets away to the Monster Jam Finals in Orlando, Camping World Stadium, coming up uh, in the middle of May. So you can go check that out. All you got to do is uh, 904-362-9901. And number... Uh... I don't know. Let's go with uh, four. <laughs> game four. Game four. Okay. I Gosh, I mean, it. you gotta you gotta think a little quicker. I on know, your feet man. There, well, man. sorry. I'm I'm all over Twitter Jeez. scouting out Jalen Ramsey. For I you, know. So. Well, we have new new. Oh, by the way, nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Caller number four. Yes. Uh, Kuz is all over it right now. But we have uh, breaking Twitter. We have more breaking. Twitter I can't believe this is my job See, now. Yes, is this is what happens? I guess. I mean, it's a soap opera. It is. Yeah, what I, did I Landon Collins a... just say? Landon, Landon Collins. Collins just signed the big deal with the Washington Redskins, oh, coming yeah. over from the Giants. Yeah, and now he's recruiting. Lockdown safety, a pretty talented guy in his own right. This is tampering. Yep. And we're back with Adele. So stay away from my guy Ramsey. Landon Collins at Jalen Ramsey. If you don't want to be on a team where your VP is all in the media, all in your mentions, talking about voluntary workouts and questioning your work ethic, then come to the Redskins, Suge Knight voice. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Landon. Hey, you uh, hang on in Washington a little bit longer and tell us how your owner and and everybody else reacts in Washington, D.C. Not that they've had any problems in Redskin land over the years. (laughs) I'm not saying anything, Brent. I'm staying out of this, man. I mean, this is Twitter beef, and I'm not being a part of it. Hey, this you is all you, Brent. But this, I brought this up a few weeks ago, and I'm telling you we're trending in a direction that's really interesting to me, and I don't know where it lands us. But it's players that feel like they have a ton of power. And, and I'm not they, saying you shouldn't have power. They I'm just don't? Saying, yeah, they, well, they, they kind of do. They, well, some have proven they do. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell didn't for a year, but then yeah. worked it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think... I don't know if we have enough of a sample to say clear-cut, blanket statement, yes, they do have power, now everybody's going to do this. You know how I feel about it. Then why, why, didn't, why, don't ev- why doesn't everybody say, these are voluntary, I'm going to work out at my own place? You know. So I don't think every player feels like they have a ton of power. I think there are star players that say, I've already made Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 trying to get the guys back. Uh, looks like we may have lost connection for just a second here, so we are going to work to get them back. Uh, obviously, right now they are talking about uh, Jalen Ramsey's situation going back and forth with Tom Coughlin um, about the not mandatory uh, practices going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, one of the other things going on, uh, was Dan Orlovsky made a comment about that. So we're going to get you over to audio of Dan commenting now on the Jalen stuff as well uh, while I get the guys back for you. I'm on Tom Coughlin's side, and I'm a little bit of an old-school guy. I get that, but I always believe that we should be together. You know, I understand the difference between voluntary and mandatory. The reality is that's just there for money. You can't find me if I'm not there, but 
We always loved the teams that I was part of, and this didn't necessarily equate to wins and losses, but it meant something being together. It meant something in April, in May, and June being together because you know what else isn't mandatory is wins, team camaraderie. That is a voluntary thing. So the great thing about it is when your stars, when your stars are your your tempo setters, when they're around all the time, that's how your organization really gets better. Because this is an organization, a team right now that's lacking some leadership. It's got some off-the-field troubles with one of their stars. It's lose, It lost their, their franchise quarterback, and now this will be an area that Nick Foles helps. But And everyone always points like, oh, Tom Brady doesn't go. Well, Tom Brady doesn't go because he can't get through security carrying his six rings through the metal <laughs> detector, guys. Like, there's a difference. And so I believe that your young stars should always be around dictating or setting the tempo for your organization. Well, there's Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, who obviously uh, earlier, Austin Lane, did not like that comment from Orlovsky. Nope. You can hear that back in the first hour of the show. Uh, nice job by Kuz there. We went out for a split second. Kuz yeah. goes to the Orlovsky sound. Uh, mm. That was a good, you know, you got to have a backup plan. No, you do. I mean, that you was do. a good call right there. We're in the segment. We're talking about it. Coughlin Ramsey, I thought he did a nice job. That was a good audible. And, and kind of getting back to what you said, because we're not really sure when we cut out, but you're making the points where just how much power do the players have Yeah. Now, you know? And, and, and is it too – will we get to a point much. where it's too much? Well – if you and you talked about LeBron James, I mean, this could happen in any sport. Let's be honest. Uh, I think Bryce Harper did that a little bit, right? I mean, he kind of held well, the, that. Well, and that's hostage. free agents. I mean, obviously okay. LeBron's free agency, yeah. and so maybe it's not apples to apples. But what, what do all these things have in common, though, Brett? It's the guys that are having the power are the most skilled at their positions. They're the, they're the, they're the star players, if you will. So. I think it's bigger than that, though, Austin. Not okay, just go ahead. Are they star players. They're marketable players. They're polarizing players. They're, yeah. You know, listen. If let's see if I can get an example, um, find me a player uh, that would hold someone hold the team hostage, but it wouldn't resonate much, you know. But it's still very good well, at their craft. Like if Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey probably would. Uh, yeah, he's, he's I mean, a McDonald's maybe commercial. everybody would. Maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, I think especially from the NFL because you've got to be a certain statu- stature of a player. Yes. To be able to do this. No, you're, you're not going to have a second-string defensive end try to get out there and do the same yeah, yeah. thing, you know, that Bell did or that Antonio Brown did. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think in, in terms of, you know, the, those top-tier guys, the, the talented players at any sport, they do hold the power. And um, a, a direct correlation to them having the power is the fact that they, they believe in themselves. We talked about it before. You call it holding a team hostage. I call it a player believing in himself. So much that he's willing to sacrifice maybe a couple paychecks, maybe his quote-unquote reputation to try to get a better contract. So while I think it's a few and far between, you might see a little more of it, but I'm going to be honest, though. A a, a guy who has the power, who has the marketability, who has the skill set is Jalen Ramsey going forward. He does, and and we've talked about that earlier in the show. Is this a guy that is going to – this is going to be an issue, not just right now. Is this going to be an issue if he wants to sign a new deal? But is he the next guy? Is he the next potential guy to say, you know what, I'm pulling what Antonio Brown pulled. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what Russell Wilson did. I'm going to give you a deadline. You better meet the deadline or else. I could see it happening. And, and I'm not sure he's the next guy, but is he one of the next guys uh, to, to do it? And, you know, I, it's, it's interesting from the non-player point of view, right, from the fan point of view, from even my point of view, you know, what do we like in sports? We like the guy that's team guy, right? Don't we? Mm, I feel like we like that, but we also like the guy that's kind of off the wall. That's gonna. I mean, people love Sherman when he had that rant with uh, Aaron Andrews from the Seahawks. Yeah, Richard Sherman. But I think but, we like. Yeah, we like soap operas too. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna. I won't say that. Yeah. But 
I just think overall, I said this the other day, Russell Wilson even, who is, I think, very well liked across all platforms, not doesn't really have a, he's not a polarizing guy. I thought he had to be a little careful there because the public perception would be, what are you doing, man? You're you're holding someone, you're, you're holding yep. your, you're giving a team a deadline that's about to hand you 120 million dollars because you want 130 million dollars. That's yep. not relatable to people. All right. So, and Jalen, all these guys' situations are not relatable to people because there's so much money at stake. It's so unique. So I, I think uh, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And I don't know where we're headed with Jalen, but we certainly could be headed down that. It's going to be a daily soap opera potentially down the road with Jalen Ramsey. Does it turn into Antonio Brown? I don't know. Does it turn into Russell Wilson? I'm not sure. I don't think it turns into Jimmy Butler. But I do think that's the one. The NBA, doesn't it feel kind of like a soap opera at times with the back-and-forth talks, the free agency, the... um, the uh, tampering, potentially. The Where's the next star going? I mean, what's the storyline been this year in the NBA? Who are the Knicks getting? Durant? Irving? Well, gosh, that was like in the middle of their season. I mean, it's not like they're even free agents yet. Let them at least get the free agency before. But, see, yeah. the NBA thrives off that. I feel like all of a sudden now, in the last couple of years, we're getting to an NFL that is kind of doing that, too. The NBA was built on stars. Mm-hmm. Well, the NFL is so popular now. And it, it was built on parody, by the way. Now you're starting to wonder, is it built on stars? And I think getting to that point, if you look at the dynamic shift of the NFL in the past even five years, you're starting to see teams go younger with the coaches. You're starting to see the younger environment. I think that has a direct correlation because Absolutely. now um, it's not a dictatorship anymore. You know, it's uh, everyone kind of gets a say. Now some people get more says than others, but... I think everybody gets heard. Everybody's voice gets heard. And in doing that, uh, that gives the players more power. Yeah, and as Get Off My Lawn guy would say, the <laughs> younger generation of players is that much softer. They can't handle it. No, and that's a that's a fair point, too. Um, they don't like get their then, feelings hurt. And then I, I'm going to counter with, I, I feel like the game's never been more athletic, has never been bigger, has never <laughs> been stronger. So, I mean, we, we, we can go back and forth, jab for jab, if you want to. Um, if there's any old school heads out there that want to go toe-to-toe with me, but uh, it is what it is, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Either you adapt or you die, and it's as simple as that, and that's with any business. It's with any uh, franchise and any sport. It's just the way it is, man. So we got back on this uh, because Landon Collins tweeted, he said, if you don't want your vice president jumping in your business, basically, come on over and play for the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's hard to rip that because players are just being players. Players are always doing and, that. And how many times has Ramsey done that? Ramsey was like, hey, A.B., come on down here. Dwayne. Haskins. Dwayne, Come on Dwayne Haskins. Here. I think he had like, a, the, like the eyeball emoji for yeah. when Haskins said I mean, something. So, so he always chimes in. Listen, I think it makes it fun. I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily for the league. It could be a bad thing for Jacksonville when it comes to Ramsey down the road. That that might be the case. But I don't think it's a bad thing for the league. But I do. I am curious where it's headed. And now with the CBA coming up in a, in this next you know 24 months, and as they negotiate it. How much of these things come to light? How much does the power of the player come to light? How much is this a wrestling match between owners and players in a power struggle? Because there is no question. The Shield has won for however many decades we go back. It feels like, though, a player here, a player there, a player here, a player there, mm-hmm. is starting to dent the Shield a little bit. And that's what I'm curious. That's that's my big picture. That's probably the best way I can describe it of where are we headed? 
in the NFL because it has not been that way. The, we're in, a, in the NFL is a sport where you have helmets on, so you don't even always recognize a player. You know their jersey, you know their name on the you know on the back, you know their jersey on the front, you know their number, and you know their statistics. But what has really made this NFL such a machine is its parody, Social is media. the shield, <laughs> is gambling, is all those things. It hasn't had to live and die by a star. Did they take a little bit of a hit when Peyton Manning retired? Eh, maybe a maybe a nudge, but they bounced right back with another Tom Brady good year and Patrick Mahomes now, who's the, no, the yeah. next guy. Yeah. So they've always been able to recuperate, bounce back. Uh, but now I just feel like it. Do we get to a point where it's a little bit more like the NBA, where it just was reliant on star power, uh, reliant on these daily soap operas, mm. reliant on, you know, we want to know their business. Two things. I think to comment on that. I think no. I think eventually. I think the NFL is a machine. Uh, the the wheel is going to keep on turning regardless of how many spokes go the other way. I mean, it's 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 too big to fail, basically, if you will. But at the same time, wow, <laughs> that scared uh, me. I almost had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, but but getting back to, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say because that startled me, dude. Um, uh, oh, okay. But so with failing, yeah, I think there's too much investment with fantasy football. Um, and nowadays, you know. Guys, I mean, fans, like, yeah, they'll watch their team, but fans have so much access to different teams, whether it's NFL Red Zone, like the DirecTV NFL ticket package. I mean, there's so many ways you can stream it from Twitter now. There's so many ways to watch an NFL football game where there's no way it's going to ever fail. But now at the same time, and this happened probably six or seven years ago, fans started to complain because there wasn't that all-access. There wasn't the cameras in the locker room. There wasn't the cameras on the sidelines. Like, fans want to be included. Fans want to go on the journey with the athlete. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I, why, I said it before? That's why all elite wrestling is going to be so successful is because those wrestlers take the fans on the journey. Well, it's the same thing with football. Fans want to go on the journey, and what, what a better way to do it like Antonio Brown was doing with Twitter or with Instagram. I mean, these are tools now that give fans all access. So from that standpoint, where it, it, they're starting to get back with the, the players and whatnot, I mean, it's only going to go from there. Yeah, all right. Hey, we got to wrap up the show in a couple stay minutes, lane, but you huh? got to stay in your lane. Yeah, Coos, this one's for you, man. Uh, cruise control and also my flex of the day. Oh, you going to doubled up? Going to Ben Simmons uh, last night. Put on a clinic, especially after Jared Dudley said Ben Simmons was, and I quote, an average player. Very bold statement there, Mr. Jared Dudley. How many points did you have? Number one, I've never heard of you before, but how many points you have last <laughs> night? Let's go to the box score. Oh, zero points. Good call, Jared. How many did Ben Simmons have? Ben Simmons had 31 points, ah. nine assists, and four rebounds. No big deal. And, hey, Brent, let's let's go to that T.J. McConnell box score quick, too. Zero points last night for T.J. McConnell, <laughs> the, the savior of Philadelphia. Uh all Philly, team. all Philly, but no, seriously though, and in, in, in all in all due respect, shout out to Ben Simmons, man, put on a clinic last night, had a great game. Uh, the, the entire city of Brooklyn was putting up posters saying "Where's Ben?" and everything, and uh, he showed up to say the least. Yeah, Coos, just like uh, just like Durant did. Uh, yeah, with, they were uh, Beverly. They were uh, they were poking fun because of that story that came out about Ben saying that he went out drinking in Orlando. Uh, that he sat out a random game when they played in Orlando. And some rumors were around that he was sick because he drank too much the night before. So on that poster, it said, hasn't been seen since Orlando. All right, fair enough. And then I'll pump your brakes real quick. Brent, you can appreciate this one, man. We've talked about it before. Tim Anderson has been suspended from playing in a baseball game because why? He flipped his bat in retaliation the next inning. They threw at him. It caused a fight. And now Tim Anderson has to sit because he flipped his bat. 
MLB baseball better start waking up a little bit. I'm telling you, if you guys keep enforcing these BS rules where you're trying to live in the past and not adapt to the future, you're going to lose your fans, you're going to lose your audience. Just saying, and this he is from a new millennial speaking. Yeah, well, he didn't get suspended because he flipped the bat. He got suspended because the bench is cleared because he came toward the pitcher. Well, don't throw at him then. How, how does that sound? Don't, <laughs> well, don't, don't flip your bat. Don't then. throw a baseball. No, you're going to flip your bat because people want to see that. <laughs> it's 7 o'clock. Puck drop for the Iceman. Game 4, ECHL. Hope you have a happy Easter, everybody. A good weekend. Thanks for joining us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 all week long. For Take Casey, Baba Roblo. Austin Lane, Google Zopper, and Martino will see you on TV, Fox 30 and CBS 47. Have a good one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.